1: Hello and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 147. Let's roll. And we are so close. We are, what are we, one week away from real football. I know what's kind of cool is a lot of uh, redrafts will be happening this weekend, and I will get into that and more with my guest, but before I bring him out, ah, it's been burning me up a little bit. This whole, you know, JT situation has made me start thinking about my favorite team. I don't know about my favorite fan base. I love the Colts fans. Colts fans are great. I know so many Colts fans, Polly Sleepers, You know, all my guys, Dukes, all my people. As a matter of fact, my guest today is a Colts fan. I love Colts fans. But the Colts. I hate the Colts. I hate the Colts. Do you remember when the Colts got smoked in a playoff game by like 40? And then after the game, they blamed it on one PSI. That's the kind of babies we're talking about in the front office of the Indianapolis Colts. Led by none other than the great, and I use that word very loosely, Jim Ursay. Let me tell you a little bit about Mr. Jim Ursay, the guy who's holding our favorite son, Jonathan Taylor, hostage. Jim Ursay is basically a kid whose dad owns a car dealership. That's who this guy is. He didn't earn this team, he didn't buy this team. He wasn't some great, you know, uh, entrepreneur who came out the other side and said, you know, I'm gonna buy a team. He just went to college, you know, just barely got by and inherited the team. He inherited the team all of it when his dad died when he was when when Jim was only 37 years old. Holy smokes. And then of course, famously walked Mr. Peyton Manning out of town. I know my guest is going to push back on the Peyton Manning thing, but still he did. He, he lost Peyton Manning in the prime of his career. Peyton went on to win a Super Bowl after that and was kind of dope. He won 13, 13, and 12 games in the next three seasons after they thought he was done. Must I even mention the fact that, and actually, this is my favorite thing about him. He got a DWI and was in possession of a controlled substance. His mistress was found dead in one of his homes. And, uh, you know, and he, he was allegedly, he bought that house with Indianapolis Colts money. I don't know if that's even true. I don't know if that's true. But I do know that he had a almost a 70% winning percentage with Peyton Manning. He did, and a 47% winning percentage without him. He's never done anything. And then, of course, the cherry on top. The cherry on top was him scrambling from quarterback to quarterback over the last three years, going to Sam Ellinger, and then that not working and him just looking through his Rolodex, literally went into his iPhone, most recent calls, saw Jeff Saturday there and said, You know what? I bet you that guy could coach a team. I bet you that guy could coach a team. Maybe it was all a big plan to get Anthony Richardson. It probably was. But I'm telling you, man, Jim Ursay now holding my boy Je- uh, Jonathan Taylor hostage on the PUP list. I'll have no more, Mr. Ursay. Release my man. And with that, I will bring out my guest who's going to push back and who's going to body me. Mr. Randall Memphis Young joins us today. Randall Memphis Young is the host of the Dynasty Warzone podcast. He joins us on the Player Profiler Network feed. He and I have done some collaboration here in the last few months. He's outstanding, except for the fact that he's a Colts fan. Mr. Memphis Young, what's going on, buddy?
2: Not much, man. No. first of all, th- thank thank you for having me. Yeah, I, I am a Colts fan. Um, uh, and, and I do understand why people are frustrated with Jim Ursay. I I I really do. And I will just say this. Why aren't we having this you know conversation about the owner of the San Francisco 49ers? Because in theory he's holding he's, too. He, he he he's holding Nick Bosa hostage. And what about the Chiefs, Emory Hunt? Isn't he holding Chris Jones hostage? I think the reason why there's a lot of vitriol toward Jim Ursay is because he's holding back a running back. And not only any running back, but like at a guy who a year ago this time was the RB1 in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football, which we we all love. So I understand. I I will push back a little bit about Jim Ursay because, like I said, I live here. And it's easy to forget the good when you're currently faced with the bad. But you mentioned Peyton Manning. How did Peyton Manning leave Indianapolis? That's a great question. Uh, Peyton Manning had to have his neck fused. And because he was out that season, the Colts got stuck or earned the number one pick, however you want to chop it up. And what did Jim Ursay do with, with Peyton Manning? Now, he could have held Peyton's feet to the fire and traded him, could have got a couple of firsts for him, um, but he didn't. He said, "You know what? I'm going to do right by Peyton Manning, and I'm going to release him, get nothing in return, which in and of itself could be con- considered stupid." Thank you. He could have got he, he could have even a hurt Peyton Manning was worth two first probably, and that's this an estimate, but he didn't. Ursay was like, "You know what? I'm getting this wonder kid Andrew Luck, and I'm just going to let Peyton go so he can pick, he can choose his next destination, and it worked out pretty well for Peyton." Per your point. The guy that replaced Peyton made it, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck rat fucked Jim Ursay and the Colts two weeks before the NFL season started. Jim Ursay could have went after twenty plus million dollars of signing bo- bonus money that was considered refundable. Ursay was like, uh, ah, you know, you know, keep it. You know, you just go ahead and keep it. You screwed me, you put my organization that was supposed to be in a Super Bowl-level team that year in Indianapolis. But nah, you you keep the money, you did me wrong, but you keep the money anyway. Then there's guys like Edron James. He buys him a custom car and has a parade for him. You see all these guys on stage at benefits. The Jeff Saturday thing, I get it. It was dumb. You're not going to convince me that Jim Ursay is the sharpest knife in the drawer, <laughs> but, but you're not going to convince me he's a bad dude. I agree. Um, J- J- Jim Ursay does a lot of good stuff for the community of Indianapolis, and I think all of this goes back to one thing. It goes back to the point that I, I kicked it off with. If this was DeForest Buckner on the Colts, we're not having this conversation about Jim Ursay. If it were Shaq Leonard, if it were Quentin Nelson, if Quentin Nelson was doing what Zach Martin did with the Cowboys, we wouldn't give a shit. But he's doing it to a player that we plug in our lineups every Sunday. Yeah. That's where the vitriol comes from. That's where the frustration comes from. Ursay's not a bad dude. He's a weird dude. Yeah. He's a kook. Yeah. The word I would use is kook. He's a kook. But – I, I wish I hadn't come to this. I'll be honest. The person that I blame for all this is Malky Kwa, the agent for Jonathan Taylor, because I want to read a quote to you and the, and the loyal listeners here on the show. And this is from Jonathan Taylor. And this is, and I quote, I am under contract here for four years. I put the pen to paper. So that's where I'm at right now. I have an obligation to them and them to me. But things will happen naturally. This was when he was asked about a contract extension. Those are his words. Oh, and when did he say those words? Another great question. That was in April. That was four months ago. Four months ago. What happened? Well, I'll tell you what happened. They had this Zoom meeting conducted by the running back billionaire, millionaires, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, the guys who've already got their bag, right? But they're mad. They're sideways, but they're doing this Zoom call, it gets Jonathan Taylor all worked up. He gets a new agent who has very little NFL experience, who's primarily an MMA agent. Formerly used to manage John Jones, I believe, and now he's he's you know giving this guy bad advice. Ah, go, jump on the pup. Mm. Now that bit him in the ass mm. because you know he's he's getting bad advice. Yeah. So he was a guy that literally four months ago was happy with his contract, was going to play it out, was gonna was going to do the thing. And again, I just can't figure out. Again, kook, sure umcoverer in recovery, I don't know. I wish him all the best from that standpoint with Mr. Ursay. There is blame on all sides here. so I hated to jump the the jump the show off with uh, sticking up for a kook, but that's kind of where I'm at. There's two sides to this story.
1: You can you can absolutely stick up for Jim Ursay the man as a person. I I found out uh, at one point that a friend of mine is actually uh, knows him fairly well and is a friend of his. And and I asked him and he's like, dude, he's the most generous person you'll ever meet. He's done so much for charity. He gives and gives and gives, which actually aligns with your defense of him. He gave too much. Um, He gave too much probably to Andrew Luck in terms of that money. Might've been able to get him to come back or at least I don't know, man. With that twenty million, you can probably convince a lot of people to do a lot of things with twenty million dollars. And he did his own franchise, you know, dirty by you know not recovering assets for Peyton Manning again, all because he's generous and he is generous. And you know, he's a musician, and you know, he's he's popular in the music industry. People like him. He. Uh, I don't think anybody in the actual music business is jealous of his talent, but they're pretty. Uh, you know. I think they're probably you know, uh, impressed by the fact that he goes out there and does it. He's not a bad little musician. Good for him, but all that doesn't make you a great leader of an organization. I think that's where he has failed. I also totally agree with you. Memphis fucking nailing this shit. JT has been misrepresented for sure because at the end of the day, going on the pup was his sort of thing, and now they're using that against him. And it's not working for him, and and I agree that he probably is getting bad advice. Look, we've seen it with both Saquon and Josh Jacobs. They basically held out and said, "Come on, dude!" And they were like, they threw him a bone. Jacobs got up to twelve million instead of the ten something, and you know Saquon got basically nine hundred thousand dollars in maybe money. Um, you know, not a lot more than the than the franchise tag. These guys don't have a lot of leverage. We all uh, from a third third you know third base understand that we can see that um that's why they had the stupid ass meeting in the first place it's not like they're being you know uh railroaded they're just literally starting to realize how it all works and it's got to be tough man because those guys put out you know someone had said i don't forget who said it but they're still the only position that can still be hit in a way that no other position can be hit or they're penalized like you can spear running back you can hit them out where the fuck you want. you can attack their knees and legs you can hit them not looking whatever the hell you want to do you can just smash them and it's all fine um so they are and they have to get hit more often during a game i am all for all that i think at the end of the day jim ursa has mismanaged a lot and i think maybe some of this jt stuff could have been you know nipped in the bud with a with a stronger owner with a stronger general manager i don't really know but uh, it is kind of depressing. Jim Mersey, great guy, but he is my daddy owns a dealership dude. that's who he's playing guitar, running around, but he's generous and kind, and for that, God bless you, Jim Mersey.
2: Well, and, and, and I, I think that, that you said something real well. If you think about, you know, he, he is the guy, and you there's a lot of these uh, inheritance, yeah, owners, um, the, the the giants. Have struggled there. You know, the Mara family, they inherited that. Yeah. We look at Mike Davis, Mark Davis, excuse yes. me, Mark Davis with the Raiders. But then you look at a guy like Emory Hunt huh. and and, you know, with the success they have with the Chiefs. You know, Jim Ursay wasn't quite as uh, inept as an owner when he had Bill Polian and then a guy named Peyton Manning or even Andrew Luck. I think a lot of times we look at these franchises well, and how well... Let's, let's, let's
1: not overstate Bill Polian. I'm not going to let you get away with that. Bill uh, Polian. Well, all... Know, he, he drafted the, a
2: handful of, oh, of, of Hall famers. of Famers.
1: Polian's a moron, but he's lucky he had Peyton Manning because he would have been nothing too. He, you can put him in the bucket with Charlie Cashley. Sorry, go on, please. You can say no, Peyton no, you're Manning. No, but
2: no go. you're, you're good, but but, uh, <laughs> but the, these owners and GMs are only as good as their quarterbacks. Same bingo. with the head coaches. Yeah, bingo. If, if, you know, it was amazing how smart and good of a leader we thought Ron Rivera was when he had a guy at like prime Cam Newton. Yes. All of a sudden now we're looking, there's not quite as much shine on that star as we once thought there was. So I don't get too high on the highs and too low on the lows. Um, I think the well-ran franchises uh, speak from themselves historically. Yeah. and, And I think, I think Jim Ursay Ur- Ur- is definitely not the worst owner in the league. No, um, the bid, the, no. the bidwells. I mean, the bidwells in Arizona literally charge their players for food.
1: Yeah, no, there's definitely worse ownership groups. And, uh, you know,
2: it just, it just stings because we all want JT out there yeah, scoring us fantasy course, points.
1: And, and Ron Rivera absolutely steps into yet another elite quarterback. Just what luck this guy has. I mean, Awesome, huh? Just to watch him get Sam Howell this way. And then, uh, oh, did I say that? Oh, sorry. I don't think that for real, but pretty cool. Actually, Sam could be pretty good. And and of course, the Niners are the other team. And we're going to get a special guest on the program for just a moment uh, to talk about the Niners right after this. And I know I promised a special guest. I don't know. Do you, Nick, do you know Randall? Randall, you know, Nick, Nick, do you know Nick, right?
2: I'm familiar with Nick's work. Hi, Nick. Um, he, he's he's not quite the uh, he's not quite the legend and lore of a, of a Skip Bayless or a Stephen A. Smith, but I
1: think he's well on the way. He's got better hair, though. Have you seen the hair?
2: Be- beautiful. Hey, look, if you've seen me without a hat on, you know anyone's got beautiful hair compared to oh, me. Oh my God, but, uh, Nick!
1: Nick, please tell us what happened in San Francisco. Go, go ahead, Nick.
0: Checks notes. Sam. Darnold. Oh no! Wait, hold on. It's a disaster. There you go. The Niners right? credit for excellent roster development, for finding gems in the draft like Hofanga, who's an all-pro they got in the mid-rounds, for having maybe top-to-bottom, not maybe, definitely a top-five roster, and what some people would argue is, outside of the quarterback position, the best roster in football, while also saying this one total inability to correctly evaluate the quarterback position, to have a plan and stick with it is likely the reason that a team that could have won multiple Super Bowls is going to end up with zero. And that's crippling. And so if you just always wanted the Brock Purdy type, who now you're in love with, just don't screw it up, be a caretaker, then you stay there at 12 and either draft or... Brock Purdy 1.0 and Mac Jones, or you keep Jimmy Garoppolo and you draft the guy who went 12, Micah Parsons. If you wanted a true difference maker to the tune of trading three first round picks and a third round pick for an elite athlete, then you see it through. Instead, they went half measure followed by falling backwards into Purdy and hoping and praying he's the guy. And if he's not, at least we have checks notes, Sam Darnold. It's a disaster. The
1: Niners. I'm going to cut you off right there, Nick. Thanks for coming on the show. The fuck are you talking about? That is, that is the, the national media on, on Trey Lance and the Niners as well. I think a lot of people saying that the Niners got this wrong. I give them all the credit in the world for not doing sunk cost corollary and sticking with Trey Lance because of the investment. Do you agree with Nick or me on this one? I am, I am just shocked at that take.
2: Well, I, I agree with you. Um, there's a meme that I'll post from time to time, and it's a bare hand grabbing a fistful of barbed wire. And it says, the worst thing you can do is cling to a mistake just because you spent a lot of time making it. The worst thing you could do, the, the 49ers could do, was hang on to the barbed wire that was Trey Lance because it's only going to be a question. And listen, they they know him better than we do. Right. And I know he's had some bad luck. and But here's the thing. He threw 99 passes in, in high school. And he, he was not his team's quarterback until he was a senior. He was a safety. There was no Division One school, including his own Minnesota Golden Gophers, that were willing to offer him a quarterback contract. Bingo. And first of all, I, I hear Nick Wright say he's an excellent athlete. On what measure?
1: He was not. He's
2: not. Fa- he's not fast. He has some decent straight line speed, but you watch him run. He doesn't have wiggle. No. He doesn't have the wiggle of a Lamar Jackson of a, of a Justin Fields. He he's not even. I don't think he's even athletic as like a Josh Allen. He's Not. Or so. So for me, he was a big guy. He ran awkwardly. Part of what got him hurt. He can't throw the football. What are we hanging on to? What are we hanging on to? I, I'm I'm not rooting against the kid. Neither. All right. It's it's not a, it's not about him. Yeah. You know. And and here's the thing. We hated the 49ers, but yet yeah, he's the third string quarterback on the Cowboys. Yeah. If yep. you really wanted him to be good. You know, they say in pro wrestling, I I don't watch pro wrestling anymore, but I'm a student of it from way back in the day. And they say, how can we miss you if you won't go away? Right. Trey Lance needs to go away. He needs to be consigned to like the, and I'm not, this is not like a joker being funny. He needs to be consigned for a season, this off season to the XFL yeah. or the USFL or the Canadian league. Let him throw some passes, let him, cause he's not going to get any pr- passes in practice. No,
1: he's, he's, you he's, think, he's, this is doomed. And, and, and one of the other takes too, is if Nick Wright was so right about this, then the, the offensive coordinator or the quarterback's coach, I forget which one in, at, at, um, in Tennessee was, Part of the the group that that drafted him in San Francisco, and the OC, it's the, the GM, OC. The,
2: Ran Car- right. the, 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 the OC is in um, Texans. In You're Texans, close,
1: Texans, right? Uh, yeah, in, in, in Domingo um, Ryan's too, right? So, so they've got both in Houston and in Tennessee. They are part. Yeah, that's right, Rand Carson. They're 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 all there, and none of them were like instead of Will Levis if if he if they thought he was better than even just Will Levis they'd have been like yeah just send a third fuck that we don't need you know boom we're we're golden baby you know but they didn't do that nobody who knew anything about him who was in the building thought that San Francisco was making a mistake in how they treated it as a matter of fact i bet you other teams were hoping and praying that they would fuck this up and they didn't now they're like they're rid of him they're done they're moved on someone else is going to pay his salary they're just they Fix themselves. They put stitches on the cut as soon as it got cut, and there's healing already, as opposed to just letting it bleed out, going, I think it could get better.
2: Well, and, and one of his uh, Fox Sports contemporaries and friends, uh, Colin Cowherd. Ah, uh, one of his takes that I really like is that yeah. your backup, your backup quarterback, your third string quarterback should be able to walk through a mall and have zero people stop him. Yeah. But now, but now Jerry, in typical Jerry fashion, has imported a circus. Yeah. Because the minute that Dak has a two or a three game stretch, the local media, the fans the are going to start saying, yeah. we it, it's going to create more issues than it's worth." I, I I respect Jerry for taking the lottery ticket yeah. swing. Yeah. But, but if he doesn't get any reps, what are you, what's going to change? What's going to, you know, when we make dynasty moves, you know, we talked about it before, you know, you make dynasty moves thinking that a player's value yes. is going to mature between now and then, because you have some, some reason there's nothing that's going to, unless Dak gets hurt, Yeah, which could happen. This happened Possibly. plenty of times, yeah. but, but you know, Minnesota needs a backfill for Kirk cousins did nothing. Yeah. You know, yep. you mentioned Ryan Carthon in Tennessee. They could have had him during the draft. Yeah. Nah, Easy. we're good. Easy. We're, we're good. Houston. They could have not given Arizona their first. They could have yep. traded for Trey Lance, still drafted Will Anderson, yep. and not be in the pickle therein. Yep. But everybody's like, nah, dog, we're good. Yep. Except for fantasy and dynasty Twitter. That's right. You know, it, it's cognitive dissonance. Yeah, by, you you by have the way,
1: this do core you, belief. Do you want me to get Colin Coward on here? I can get his ass on the show, too. These, uh, these guys. You know, I, I, no, it's fine. I mean,
2: I, I, used, I used to be a fan. <laughs>
1: Skip, but, but I get him. I get anybody.
2: Skip, I'll will tell you who I really like. I'll give the 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 Nick, listeners You can go
1: home now. No, Nick. See, get, it. bye, Nick. Anyway, go ahead. Security,
2: security. <laughs> please get get, get him just out grab of out him of the scruff
1: of his fucking ugly hair. And get yeah, him yeah, the fuck yeah, get,
2: out of here. Get, get, get him out of the studio. Uh, the the guy that I really enjoy that um, he gives me a different perspective is Michael Lombardi. Yeah. He hosts a show called the Lombardi Line. Yep, I listen. He's just telling you how an NFL executive thinks because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. What I think or what you think, we have to listen yes. to what these teams are telling us, yep. and then Scott and I and the Good Dynasty content creators like Theo Grimminger and the Podfather and Alan Szelowski and, and others, you know, we listen to what the market is telling us, and then we try to convey that in a Dynasty rationale
1: for yeah. you. Alan getting mentioned so, in that list, like who me? Like what? I, what the fuck? Are you no, I I I, I,
2: I, I, first of all, I love Alan. He he is great. Um, he he keeps the uh, the sonic truth interesting. Does, I will say I, that I do love him.
1: I I do. He's my fun, the best guy to pick on. Now, but here we are, well into this show, and I I told you what we were going to be doing, and let's do it. One of the things that I think it's time for, it's time for some redrafts. So me and Memphis are going to kind of go through, um, you know, round by round with some of our favorite picks and redraft this year, um, and probably have some pretty fucking good dynasty takes on all that shit too. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about redraft round by round, some of our favorite picks. And um, I think that's going to be something that's very helpful. So let's, without further ado and without, you know, Nick, Nick's gone. We can get to the real talk here. Uh, Let's talk about that. Um, In the first round of a redraft league, not a best ball league, because I know best ball ADP gets a little bit screwed up. What is your strategy? Obviously, it does depend if you're at the top, middle, or back. But in general, what's your strategy and what is one of your favorite picks in the first round of a redraft draft?
2: Well, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, ADP, I'm going to use as underdog. Um, For for me, it comes down. I like drafting in the middle. Um, If I'm drafting up front, I'm going to get one of the big two or three wide receivers. Um, Wide receivers have a, a less... Injury rate a lesser. I mean, everybody's likely to get injured at some point. It's different yeah. injuries, but I, I think it's safer. Um, if if I were to go my my first round guy, I'm looking at these top twelve guys. Yeah. Um, I think people are still going to be on Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, and they and they and they should be. I'm on Tyreek Hill yeah. in the in the in, in, in yeah. the first round there. Um, again for redraft, age be damned. Yeah, uh, he's like twenty eight, going to be twenty nine. But I mean, here's a guy with a goal. I love it when a when a player comes out and says my goal is 2,000 yards. Um, I think Tua, if he can stay upright, can certainly facilitate that. But they've got a decent backup in Miami with Mike White. So even if something were to happen to Tua, I, I, I think Tyreek Hill's value would be okay because um, it's clearly the him and the Jalen Waddle show. So for me, in the first round. Uh, my, my guy, if I didn't get one of the big two, I'm going to go wide receiver there. And I, I would, but Tyreek Hill just kind of sticks out.
1: I love that take. I, you know, it's funny. I almost put Tyreek Hill and I, then I changed it. So it's perfect that I did. So I have some different takes than you too, which is great, but I agree with you with Tyreek Hill. I think he's locked in to 140 or 150 targets this year and the quarterback play wasn't all that good. Well, it was spotty last year, but he still saw 170 targets. And, you know, just took the top off everything. He was really, really outstanding last year. I don't think that changes this year. I just think the quarterback play should be better. Hopefully, Tua can stay healthy for the full year. And then if, in fact, he does get hurt, I think Mike White is a more adequate fill-in, especially in terms of throwing the ball down the field and creating some bigger plays than Teddy Bridgewater, who was more conservative, and Skylar Thompson, who just didn't have the skill set to really open it up. So I think, but, but, yeah. but I didn't mean to cut you off no, there. But at
2: least, Skyler, at least Skylar has some some reps under his belt, right? He played Buffalo tough at Buffalo in the playoffs. Again, you're, you're looking at three layers of quarterback play. That if something happens, that's real insulation for the the seasonal value of a Tyreek, of totally. a Waddle, of those guys. So you're like, wait a minute, you have the second stringer and a guy that's performed pretty well in Mike White. And then the third stringer is a guy that has multiple starts, including a playoff game under his belt. Bingo. I mean, you never want to see the third stringer out there. But at least in this case, you feel better about their third stringer than
1: a lot of them. 100,000 uh, percent, especially the New England Patriots third stringer. Uh, more on that later. Uh, we didn't we kept one quarterback. Did you see that?
2: I did. I didn't. They didn't. They bring back that Malik Cunningham though. Yeah, on like a. I, I knew a they practice. would
1: backfill it. Yeah, yeah. Practice right, squad right, the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know what's going to happen, and, and and it was brilliant. A lot of people were like, "What the fuck?" It's like it's very clear that they just didn't value Zappy or Cunningham as like requirements to keep that they could <laughs> that they could. Fill in if the, if those two guys got claimed or got some sort of big contract, they'd have been like, "All right, fine, we can still get a guy. It's fine, we're fine."
2: Well, it feels like the kind of move where the Patriots would like, and I haven't looked to see if he's signed. Like they would sign to their practice squad would be like a Colt McCoy. Yeah, that feels yeah. like such a Bill Belichick move. And like I was already reading on Twitter that teams are already complaining that he's manipulating the rules. Listen. Never be mad at a guy who understands what the rules are, how to play them, and how to use them to his advantage because that's clearly what Belichick's doing with this new emergency quarterback rule. Don't be mad because he's playing chess when your favorite team's playing check. Fuck
1: yes, dude. Of course. Of course he's manipulating the rules. That's what you're supposed to do. That's exactly right. By the way, you mentioned a word that if if there's a take that I've gotten correct this entire way, it is the Arizona... Arizona Cardinals quarterback situation I was advocating drafting Clayton Toon and I said I don't know if he's tall short fat white black I don't know what he looks like I've never seen him play but I recommend putting him on your team because all the tea leaves just made so much sense first of all Kyler hurt himself they're tanking they're not going to rush Kyler back So, you know, he may play this year. He may play sooner than we think or whatever, but he's playing later than if they were a great team going for it. And then I thought about Colt McCoy. Do you know how much money Colt McCoy has made? I don't either, but it's a lot, a lot of fucking millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. He has a beautiful family, a hot wife, a fabulous house and his health. And, and he'll be 37. Fuck, what the fuck is he going to do? Going out playing for that Arizona Cardinals team. He has zero to gain, nothing to prove. So much so that he was he he's doing a podcast with our friend Josh Norris over at Underdog. Absolutely 1000% was never coming back to play football. He was retiring or like he he was going to mail it. In. There was no way. So they they cut him or what retired whatever. He, he was never playing. Now, the Josh Dobbs trade I didn't see coming, but they were obviously going to have to backfill once they got rid of uh, Colt McCoy. So now they want to see what they've got in one of these two young guys, either Dobbs or Toon. I still think Toon gets a chance. Maybe they start week one with Dobbs. Dobbs is going to have to play really good to keep the team from seeing exactly what they have in Clayton Toon. So I just thought I'd say that because I literally said all this would happen so far. So. Kudos to me. Well, 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 victory well, lap.
2: Absolutely. Well, well, first of all, I, I want to do a victory lap of my own. I, I sure. want to give something to, you, to your listeners that I haven't even given to my own, except for our patrons at patreon.com forward slash dynasty Warzone. is that I saw today and I love Heath Cummings. He and I were in the Scott Fishbowl together a couple of years ago. Um, he does dynasty content for CBS. He's like Pittsburgh's. It was funny. Like, you know, you've been talking about Clayton Toon since like before the NFL draft and since January. Since January, you can check the tape. Dynasty Warzone. I have been touting the Pittsburgh offense. Yes. I'm like, guys, this is this is the buy-on offense of the offseason. And by the way, sneak peek next year's is the Tennessee Titans because they're going to bring up Will Levis for good or bad, and it's going to be Traylon Burks, it's going to be Chig, and it's going to be Tajay Spears. Get ahead now. Next year's buy-on offense, Tennessee Titans. But I was like, he was like, and no one's talking about it. I'm like, no, no one nationally is talking no, about right. it. That's why you listen to the un, to the undroppables. That's why you listen to the Dynasty Warzone because we give you this shit ahead of time. Yes, We're giving you tomorrow's news paper today but i'm gonna give you another one bold prediction go for it kyler murray does not play a snap this year and here's why this is given attribution back to mike lombardi if kyler murray comes off the pup and he gets re-injured it triggers 92 million dollars in guaranteed money on his contract and it means he is locked into their roster for 2024 Mm. so what, what what do you think a tanking team wants to do a they're trying to get a new quarterback yep B bringing Kyler back means they're going to win games. Yep. C it means they're stuck with him, and
1: D they can't trade him. And E so why why would they why and, would they bring and, him back? And E he probably don't want to fucking play either. Fuck no, he can go play the new Call of Duty coming up. <laughs> I mean, this he wants that ninety two million, but he don't want to go out in the field get hurt. and Get it?
2: And, and you know teams are going to line up in March to trade for him. That's
1: exactly right. He'll yeah, get, get, get it yeah, anyway. Yeah, so.
2: This is the less talented, more of a pain-in-the-ass version of the Peyton Manning situation we talked about (laughs) way earlier in the show, except at least the Bidwells, another bad owner, are going to get something for Kyler. I don't think you see Kyler at all due to the contract and what their goals are of quote-unquote tanking. If you have Josh Dobbs, you're doing good. If you have Clayton Toon, you're doing better because they can trade his ass, too. Yep, And they can draft Caleb Williams, keep Josh Dobbs as the backup in the offense that he's now Accustomed to, you can get something for Tune. You can get something for Kyler. The rebuild's underway. Yeah, that's what I'm doing.
1: Yeah, Dobbs is probably the 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 just the pro, the guy who like you know he's really fucking smart. Any like a Harvard graduate or whatever. So he's going to be there.
2: Tennessee. He was a rocket scientist. Yeah. He yeah. was going to be like like literally work for NASA. Yeah. Like you say, like that guy's a rocket scientist. Like is like a euphemism for saying he's he smart. He really fucking no, is, Yeah, he really was a
1: fucking yeah. rocket scientist. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So so it wasn't Jalen Brown Celtics anyway. So anyway. All right, so here's the deal. I think one of the other things about the first round for me is I'm totally with you. I love to, of course, get Jefferson or or Chase or whatever. I will say this. In the first two rounds, I am generally a fan of trying to get into a certain tier of running backs. just one of them, anchor running back, whatever you want to call it. You can call it what you want. But I think, obviously, Christian McCaffrey counts as one of them. He's a little bit too expensive, goes ahead of the – Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, and my favorite guy in the first round, wide receiver, that I'll name in a moment. But the other guys are like Eckler, Saquon, Tony Pollard, Bijan Robinson, Nick Chubb, and maybe, just maybe, Josh Jacobs now that he's signed. But at least those first five or six, right? So I like getting one of those guys in the first or second round. One of the guys that I think if you start sliding to the back of the first round and you're looking at the A.J. Browns or the C.D. Lambs, I'm taking Amon Ra. St. Brown. I think Amon Ra has a huge year in front of him. He has, I think, more targets in the first two seasons or some shit like that than any other player. I mean, he has just been targeted at an immense rate. I think that continues. Obviously, there's upside in there with this offense being better than it was. Jared Goff there. I mean, everything is starting to come together. The offensive line is great. He has no target competition. Um, I, I think the offense got better with Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta. I'm all over. I'm on Ross St. Brown in the first round. What do you think of that?
2: I agree, and um, the ADP I'm looking at, technically he's the first pick of the second round because I'm looking at he's 13th overall, yeah. but I agree with the podfather is that you know I it wouldn't bother me if he was the third wide receiver off of the board. Bingo. Volume volume is king, yep. and where he's going, there's a pocket of guys at 12, 13, 14. CeeDee Lamb, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Garrett Wilson. I will gladly take those three guys over the three guys directly in front of them, which are Stephon Diggs, A.J. Brown, and Nick Chubb. Yep. If you told me that Memphis you can pick from this basket, CeeDee Lamb, Amon Ra, and Garrett Wilson, or this other basket, Stephon Diggs, A.J. Brown, and Nick Chubb. I'm taking all three of the guys in the first basket.
1: I agree. I do agree. I, I agree. And and then, I think Amon Ra leads them all. I think Amon Ra's 100%. the safest pick. He just feels well, like there's no, other than injury, there's just no outcome where it's like, Really, only four targets this week? Like, when's it yeah, happening? an injury would
2: keep him out. Didn't did, did he play through like a couple of injuries last year that would have you know kept a mortal, Yeah, an average wide receiver that would have kept them out for multiple games, and he barely missed any?
1: I'll kind of, so the I'll, odds of him... I'll kind of go to my... Exactly, I, I know you're going to say. I'll, I'll kind of go to my second round pick or my first two. I love you know Tony Pollard as well. So I like seeing Amon Ra and Tony Pollard. If I can get something like that, I mean, obviously I'll take Amon Ra and Saquon, Amon Ra and... Bijan, whatever. But a lot of times, you know, you can get Tyreek Hill and Pollard or whatever. I love doing that. I love kind of getting one of those anchor running backs. But I really like Tony Pollard in this offense. I think he's going to see a lot of targets, Um, may not see as much goal line. But honestly, there's not really much there unless they find someone, you know, to take over the goal line duties. He may see a few goal line situations that he wouldn't have otherwise seen. So Tony Pollard's upside is absolutely huge and he's an explosive player. I would love any start with Amon-Ra Tony Pollard.
2: Uh, I Tony Pollard and Amon-Ra so um, we're not quite to my Scott Fishbowl team. Yeah. I got Tony I got Tony Pollard in the Scott Fishbowl. I think he has a huge year. Yeah. And I I think this is how running backs get paid going forward. I mean, again, this everything comes back to you know, this is how a good show sheet works, guys. Even when we don't have one, you know. <laughs> Jackson and I are fucking professionals over here. You know, everything circles. I think this is how running backs get paid yeah. going forward. And that he'll get another one-year deal next year, whether it's, you know, one-year 10 million, one-year 12 million, and I think they'll get two or three years like that. I think the three or four-year deal, the the Zeeks and the Girlies killed that for these guys. Yeah. So he's playing for his next contract, just like Josh Jacobs. Bingo. You you don't have to sell me on you don't have to sell me on Tony Pollard. I'm a huge fan. Uh, he's, he's the anchor RB on my Scott Fishbowl team, so I'm I'm rooting for you to 100% nail that one, my friend. Yes, sir.
1: Who do you got in the second round?
2: Second round for me, um, I'm I'm going to go I'm kind of the wide receiver, wide receiver guy because we're yeah. going to talk about some value running backs here at the end. We sure are. Um The wide receiver, I'm not drafting. I'll tell you that one real quick. I'm not drafting Calvin Ridley, and I would love to get Chris Alave. Yeah. I'm I'm a little concerned. Just a, you see, if you're watching on video, just a teeny tiny bit concerned about, about Chris Alave and the volume, because I think this is the the best team in the division. They've got a good defense, good home field advantage. They got Derek Carr coming off of career lows, so he's a bounce back candidate in a dome. Michael Thomas is healthy for now. Um, I, I, Alvin Kamara will soak up a lot of targets. So will Chris Alave have games? Yes um could he still command a lot of targets 100 yeah but I, I i i i that's my little bitty fear but yeah give me chris Olave because he's going to win you weeks he's not going to disappoint you he may give you a nine point game here or there but he's going to give you plenty of 26 27 30 point games in there too so as a guy who on the team that we're talking about if i went tyreek hill and then Olave, and i have a wide receiver too that can win me weeks big thumbs up
1: i think chris Olave is that you know that guy that you should be probably trading for in dynasty. I think I still think he's there. I think um, we talked a couple of weeks back uh, about trading. You know, if you trade Garrett Wilson for Olave plus, even if it's a small plus, probably a good trade. I know a lot of people like that one. And you know, they're, well,
2: they're interchangeable.
1: They are, and, they're, they're- and because Garrett Wilson is so much you know higher in the ranks for a lot of people that you could. You know, you could make that deal. I think a lot of people are very smitten and know what they've got in Chris Olave. So you may not be able to pry them away. But to a win now team, if you dangled Tyreek Hill in front of them and said, Hey man, just give me Olave, you'll win it this year and boom boom I think that's a great pivot if you can make it to get younger at the position and who knows it's possible that even a guy like Chris Olave outscores Tyreek Hill I wouldn't bet on it of course we just said Tyreek Hill we love you know early in the first round so we certainly think he'll be better but as a second round pick obviously you have a lot of confidence in that player as well and so I'm with you I think Chris Olave becomes a a dynasty buy when we move to the third round it becomes pretty interesting cuz that's where you find the guys that you just mentioned uh you know the um the the Calvin Ridley's Amari Coopers and some of the wide receivers that I don't really love so for me this is a fine spot for to take a quarterback or whatever um you know obviously Jalen Hurts Patrick Mahomes I kind of have uh both Patrick Mahomes Jalen Hurts Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson in a in a, in a um a tier for me um I do have Lamar at the back side of that tier but you know, I'm okay if people are steaming up those other three to kind of fall back on Lamar in that in that tier. And I'll get to quarterbacks later. But my guy in the third round has been falling and now his ADP is 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 a little bit lower than it probably should be. And I think their their actions showed what they believe in Ramondre Stevenson. And, and I might not go wide receiver, running back, running back, but I have to mention Ramondre in the third is great value. So if you do go wide receiver, wide receiver, you know, maybe that's just the way the build goes. If Ramondre's there at a value in the third, I just think Ramondre's in for a huge workload. And only fat Ezekiel Elliott at the goal line is the only concern we have.
2: Well, Zeke Z catches passes better than people think, but I agree. When he when he was steamed up to like RBA earlier in the offseason, I was not a fan. Uh, at the RB11, I'm totally in. My guy in the third round, so same thing with the quarterback. I'm either in early or I'm going to go super late. So my guy in the third round, um, I like to use the term Kelsey Buster. Remember the Iron Man movie? Yes. Like Or like it was the Avengers where Tony Stark had the Hulk Buster suit? Yeah. You have to have instead of a Hulk Buster, you have to have a Kelsey Buster. And if you want one, there's one in the third round, it's Mark Andrews. Yep. Healthy Mark Andrews, healthy Lamar Jackson. That is the quintessential um tight end. That's the only other tight end. And I love George Kittle. Love him like family. Like like I owe him money or something because he's won me a lot of money. <laughs> but the only other tight end I'm taking in the first four or five rounds of a redraft league is going to be Mark Andrews. Volume, I love Zay Flowers, but he's a rookie. Odell Beckham Jr. is a fun guy. He's a 31-year-old coming off multiple ACLs, and I'm not really sure what Rashad Bateman is. Mark Andrews is going to be volume, volume, volume. That would be my guy in the third round. But I I do not mind Ramondre Stevenson there because we're we're getting to that tier of running backs. I'm getting ready to hit you with about two uh, in the next round.
1: Yeah, maybe it'll be the same one. I will say, too, if there's any way that you can get Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson stack in three and four, if that sort of presents itself, that's an auto smash, I think. Especially if you've you know if you've been able to set yourself up with maybe a, a running back anchor up front or two wide receivers. If you've gone wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, and you can nail that Lamar Andrews stack, it really does give you an advantage at those positions potentially. Of course, provided everything kind of works out and they all stay healthy. So I agree with that. I love Mark Andrews. Um, round four. Do you kind of did you mention? Um, you know, Lamar at all? Or what, what, what were your thoughts? If you do go, um, you know, Andrews, are you kind of targeting Lamar in that fourth?
2: Uh, I'm, I'm not going Lamar that early in seasonal leagues. I'm fine with him in dynasty. I think he's a great dynasty asset. I love the fact that he got the contract. We mentioned that weird loophole in Kyler Murray's contract with the injury guarantee. So I think you'll see more running out of Lamar. My concern with Lamar is that he's bit you in the ass two years ago, two years in a row in the fantasy playoffs. And there's a guy we're going to talk about much later in redraft that I would much rather go for then. And I'll kind of explain it then. So, in, in redraft leagues, again, yeah. seasonal redraft leagues, I'm going to be hammering wide receivers, running backs early because there's a lot of value, especially in one QB leagues, which a lot of seasonal leagues tend to be. Totally. I, I, I like Lamar um i'm gonna pass on but i i I do believe lamar's in for a bounce back season yeah i think you're gonna see lamar run more than ever because he got he's got his money and he's gonna feel safe he's gonna feel comfortable knowing that hey i can try to make this run i can try to score that touchdown because he no longer has that subconscious hey i've got to be worried about if i get hurt do i ever get paid that's right that's out the window and you're gonna see vintage lamar we just hope he stays healthy
1: yeah for sure who do you got in the fourth
2: Uh, My guy, we mentioned the world famous in quotations draft kit. It's Najee Harris. I know everybody wants to love Jalen Warren. I totally get why you would love Jalen Warren. Go look at the splits. You know, you know, everybody's like, and and I love this. People are like, oh, he was so inefficient last year. You're right. He was. Do do you know why he was inefficient? (laughs) He's not bad at football. He had a hurt foot. He played through like a, like some sort of a Liz Frank injury. And look at his game splits from weeks one through eight. He was the RB23 scoring 10.1 points a game. Gets a bye, rests the foot. Kenny Pickett's entrenched now as the starter. Weeks 10 through 18, those 9 games, he was the RB7. Scored 15.1 PPR points a game. Is he going to go back to rookie year guy getting you 75 75 I was going to say 75 receptions on 100 yeah, targets? Yeah. No, but he's gonna be a guy who's gonna more than return value on per this ADP as the RB14. I think he's a guy that the touchdown
1: upside comes back too because the offense is hundred percent
2: Yeah. And if you like again, I mentioned let me just toot my own horn one more time. Toot toot about this as being a buy on offense. The Steelers starters played five series. All the starters played five series in the preseason five touchdowns. Now that's not going to be a hundred percent touchdown rate as an offense. That's not how it works. I don't, I feel safe and sane. It's not going to happen. (laughs) I'm not so sure. I'm telling you, this is going to be, I mean, we talk about scary offenses and they're getting overlooked. Yes. I know the pod father loves Kenny. I love Kenny. And it's like, you got Deontay Johnson, by the way, I'm not going to spoil my Deontay Johnson stat because he's in the next round. Yeah, he is. Uh, I, actually, I, I lied. Nope, nope. He is in the next round, so I can I can talk about well, Deontay. Next. If
1: we use sleeper, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat because he's in like, he's way the fuck down there. In, in sleeper, he's in round seven. Just so you know. So I mean, that's the thing. Is like we'll keep going and we'll keep talking. But yeah, gotta, yeah, we'll
2: talk about a bunch of different guys. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the other guy I was going to mention was is is Joe Mixon. Yeah. I don't have to like you as a person to have you on my fantasy team. No. I mean, you talk about career high in receptions, and it was Joe Mixon, and they've done nothing. Oh, you've been in charge of crimes? Cool. We're not cutting you. Are you being charged of crimes again? Oh, we're not even bringing in competition. He is going to feast in this this offense. But I will say, if there was a handcuffed draft of any team, not your own, but like if you don't get Joe Mixon and you want to take a late flyer or you can get Chris Brown thrown in as a cheap throw in in Dynasty, that's the move because Joe Mixon will be gone very soon right? and the Bengals will be forced to get cheap running back. Sorry, that's a whole different tirade.
1: Yeah, for sure. I I like it. I I, I looked at the fourth round and I kind of saw a lot of different players. Certainly, you know, I think Joe Mixon and Najee Harris are fine there. Um, Again, depending on where you play, like on sleeper, Najee is at uh, pick 29, his ADP. So, again, depending on where you're drafting, it could be different. I do think for sure if you're getting, you know, because on sleeper, he's one pick ahead of Ramondre. I don't know if I like him that much, but I love him in in round four. And then when you start getting into round four, you know, um, I think you got to look at a couple of players for me. Like if DK Metcalf ever slides into the fourth round, um, of your of your redraft league. I really like DK. I, I also then also like as your late round quarterback du jour. I love Geno Smith. One of the other quarterbacks I like in round four is uh, Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert could be one of those guys with that real big ceiling as well. The offense is kind of loaded now. Um, they had a lot of injuries. Their offensive line is, is a lot better. They get telling more. I think they're going to be throwing the ball downfield more. I think this could be a very, very high powered, fast paced, throw it a lot downfield offense. And if that happens, uh, you know, the, the ceiling for, uh, Justin Herbert is sky high. So he's a, he's a player I would be targeting in round four as well. As we sort of move down one more, um, th- this player has been a player I've been drafting all offseason. I've got a ton of him in Dynasty. I'm going to put him in round five, I guess. I don't know. There's a couple players I'd like to talk about, but I'll, I'll hand it over to you after my player. You mentioned George Kittle and, you know, and, and Mark Andrews. I am targeting Darren Waller in every draft. I think he is one of the Kelsey fighters. I don't think he's going to outscore Travis Kelsey, but I think Darren Waller is the, the, the number one target on a team. And that's like uh, Kelsey and and uh, and Andrews. I don't think any of the other tight ends can say that. Those are the three. That's it. End of list. And so for that reason, Darren Waller has to be considered. What's the what's the concern? Injury? Well, sure, of course it is. But so isn't it a concern for George Kittle or for Mark Andrews? I suppose or. Travis Kelsey, for that matter. I mean, fuck, that dude has been healthy for seven straight years. Um, you know, injuries can happen to any player, but if Darren Waller does stay healthy, I think he's got tight end one or two upside. And so, to get him late in your in your redraft league, I think he's a smash button.
2: Uh, I like Darren Waller quite a bit, and I would much rather have Darren Waller. Um, the ADP again, I'm looking at slightly different, but. Him and TJ Hawkinson are both going in the fifth round. Give me Darren Waller all day over TJ Hawkinson. A, TJ Hawkinson's doing this quiet hold-in campaign where he's not done a lot. He wants a contract, and they brought in real target competition in the area that he's going to work, and that's Jordan Addison. Ooh. Yes, they let Adam Thielen go. The the only upside I will say for George or not George uh, T J Hawkinson is that Kirk Cousins is going to throw the ball six hundred six hundred and fifty <laughs> right. times, and they all can't go to Justin Jefferson. And, and I know Alex. I was I was I'm as surprised as you are, yeah. but but no, I would rather have uh, Darren Waller because I I you know a Giants another offense I'm really intrigued by because it's year two of the day ball offense. My guy in that round. Um, I'm going to squeeze him in because I I would feel bad calling him a, a six round pick is going to be Chris Godwin. Yeah. You know, only me and the pod father have really mentioned that, Hey, this is his second year removed from the ACL. I think we forget that. And last year coming off of an ACL that he tore the previous December. So he only had like nine months of recovery time. He only played 15 games and got 140 targets. And where does Chris Godwin dominate? in the areas of the field that Baker Mayfield will throw the ball. Yep. He will also create separation which is going to make Baker Mayfield more likely to throw the ball than him. Yep. How does Mike How does Mike Evans win? He wins big body, he's a clasher on the outside. Baker's never been comfortable throwing those routes. No. So so a guy like a guy like Chris Godwin is going to feast on targets. And again, he played hundred and I'm sorry, he played fifteen games, hundred and forty targets. Right. We're literally talking about a guy that's gonna average nine, ten targets a game. Why wouldn't you want that in like the border fifth round, fifth, six sixth round? Sixth
1: round, yeah. It's unbelievable. That's a steal. Uh, totally, especially if you've gone, you know. Uh, maybe a couple running backs early where you didn't really want to, but you know the value fell to you, or some something like that. Or you went tight end, quarterback, a stack of, of sorts. You got a Kelsey Mahomes stack or a Lamar, um, you know, uh, Andrew stack already, and you need a wide receiver. And I mean, to get that those kind of targets at that point in the draft. Absolute, absolute fantastic. And, and, and real quick from yeah.
2: a dynasty standpoint, we all get kind of you know a little antsy in our pantsy around age.
1: Twenty seven. Guys, he just turned yeah. he
2: just he just turned twenty-seven. Yeah, exactly. Twenty-seven. Yeah. So he's a year removed from the ACL. We like to build in three-year dynasty windows. 27, 28, 29. You know who Boom. else is 29? Tyreek Hill. You know who's 30? Devontae Adams. Cooper Cup, 30. Right. So you could literally get him for what could be three peak league winning years. Yep. And you can sell the injury and the quote unquote age. He's a steal in Dynasty too.
1: Hundred percent, couldn't agree more. Love Godwin in Dynasty. You know, I, I like to sprinkle in the running backs as we go, just because I think there's certain values where it's like, oh, here's a spot where I can take a running back. I will say this running back has a ADP of forty nine, so that's what just at the start around five. So I'm cheating a little bit, but I I'm remiss not to mention him. Wait, he goes. Let me look and see where he goes in uh, um in underdog Damian Pierce. Uh, Two, three, four, five. Yeah, end of round five, pick sixty. So you know, depending on where you're drafting, he may not be there this time. But I think Damian Pierce at value is is an absolute smash button. He's 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 the number one back. I, Devin Singletary creates cover for Damian Pierce, not competition.
2: Uh, I, I agree. Um, I'm not the biggest Damian Pierce guy just because he doesn't get a ton of checkdowns. He could. Mm. Again, this is the same thing we said about you know Kenneth Walker last year. Yeah. Did he did did he not catch checkdowns or did the offense not create checkdowns? Again, you mentioned it. The OC from. The Texans is as a guy who came over from working with the 49ers. The 49ers use the running back a lot in the passing game. Yeah. So so I don't want to confuse that he has it for he can't. That right. gets you in trouble. It does. What does the offense tell us what 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 have we seen and for him to be pushed down this far as RB19? Yeah.
1: He's
2: a guy with RB 12 to 15 upside. For sure. So, you, so you're so you getting a value. Especially so I can if he co- falls a little co-sign. bit,
1: Memphis. Yeah, I mean, sure. you, know, so, you know, you don't have to reach for the running backs because there's so much running back value. But as they fall, I think Damian Pierce could fall because there's concern about the offense. There's concern about his pass catching. Look, it's the smallest of sample sizes, okay? Ready for small sample size. But last year, he did come off the field on third and longs, third and known passing downs. It is the preseason, and there's only a few plays but he has stayed on the field for his third down um, you know, uh, opportunities. Ah, look, that just could be because they don't give a shit. And they're like – you know what I mean? They're like, fine, just stay out there. It's just the sure. fucking preseason. I don't give a shit. Or – or it could be that he's a second-year player coming into his own who can catch the ball. I've mentioned this before. If you look at his college stats, they don't look like they're anything on the raw numbers. In raw numbers, he doesn't look like he was a pass catcher. But Noah Hills does great work. And he talked about his A dot, his success rate, catch rate, uh yards per 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 team pass attempt, yards per route run, all those metrics, all the sort of Hey, wait a second! We dug beneath the dirt and found that this guy's actually good at pass catching. You know, he was good at, uh, at pass catching at Florida, so I think at the end of the day, he may be good. We certainly know he's better than Devin Singletary, and if the if the Houston Texans see him that way, he could see. Look, all he needs is what forty or fifty targets to pay off as a as a pass catcher. It's not like we need him to catch fifty to eighty balls. You know, gosh, if he gets anywhere in that ballpark of two catches a game. That's a huge, huge bonus because he might score some touchdowns from there. You know, the two catches are two points in PPR and then the yards he gets. So he doesn't need a ton to really return value. And I do think that the offense will be really good. The offensive line is absolutely dope. He's a fucking freight train. He's a great runner. So there's a lot to like there. Uh, Certainly an upgrade in quarterback. I mean – you know, I think I might be an upgrading quarterback, and I yeah, right. I mean, your neck's
2: not long enough to be better than Davis. Mills, I'm next. Though. I mean, I'm
1: next up. Um, that
2: that, that <laughs> dude was Joe Raff. It was it was on the back of his football card. Joe Raff.
1: Right, Joe Raff. I love it. Um But you know, you, you get my drift. I, th- I think he's a, he's a value. What are you looking at, sort of um, round six?
2: Well, I, I was I was cheating a little bit. I, I was uh, for for me. I mean. This is by far the worst round, at least me using underdog ADP. I hate it. Can, can I punt? I'm you, can also actually, look at, you can
1: also look at sleeper I'm, if you're I'm, looking there. I'm, I'll look I'm, at, I'll look I'm,
2: at under- gonna, I'm actually going to cheat, and I'm going to say I'm going to pull ahead. Yeah. We can go ahead and mix round six and seven together. Totally. Because round seven is the honey hole for value running back. I mean, there are a ton of running backs in round seven that I love, whether it's I know it's not cool, but I like James Cook, Javante Williams, five checkdowns in like a quarter. Are you kidding me? You know we know yeah. how Sean Payton uses the running back in the passing game. I don't need him to get all those between the tackles runs. I don't really give a shit. Let yes. let someone else do that. Let him catch those passes. David Montgomery, James Conner, Alvin Kamara, Rashad White. Those are all the guys that even though they're quote unquote listed in the seventh round, I'm going to cheat and say, I'll take any of those running backs in both the sixth or the seventh, because all those guys have league winning upside because of their involvement in the passing game because of the fact that they're the goal line backs, all of those guys. And again, I'll throw them out again for now. James Cook, you you're kind of in this club, but don't get cute. You're not at the top of the list, but Javante Williams, David Montgomery, James Conner, Alvin Kamara, Rashad White. Those five and the six or seven, those are my targets. Uh, And I know Alvin Kamara suspended for three games, really don't care. I'll I'll patchwork something together until he comes back. Derek Carr is going to pepper him with targets you know, in this offense. I, I am so excited for Alvin Kamara, bad human, great football player. Apparently, I guess we kind of knew that already.
1: I'm a little bit off Alvin Kamara. I see the upside, but, um, he was not very efficient for two year declining, two years straight declining. Um, he did, wasn't getting as many targets. I don't know if that's the coaching. Well, or-
2: you, well you'd be, you'd be inefficient too. If you were, your workers were famous, Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton In all oh, fairness to him. Jameis.
1: Don't fuck with Jameis. I'm a cross,
2: cross-eyed Jameis. Let's but, go, you know, baby. I, I think, th- I, th- I think, uh, I think boring, stale Derek Carr is just what the doctor ordered. Check down, check down, check down. Won't do great for a lot of the other Saints. We'll do tremendous wonders. And if you're a dynasty gamer, Alvin Kamara coming down the stretch right around your league's trade deadline is going to do you a huge service in year seven and give you the ultimate sell-high window. He's going to give you one last ride. Get out from under if you're not competing
1: for a championship. Maybe or Kendra Miller is just better than him, and Jamal Williams is is going to get on. Is going to get some. Is going to get some touches there. I'm a little bit concerned. I do love David Montgomery in the previous Jamal Williams role. Pencil him in for sure for 20 touchdowns on the ground. Uh, but you know, not not really. But you understand my point. He's certainly going to be the goal line back. He's going to be the the a back, and you know Gibbs is going to be the space back. We already know that for a fact. That's just literally they've. They're spelling it out. They know what they're going to do. So I like that. I do like Rashad White. The offense scares me a little bit, but love Javante. Javante's the call there. If you can get Javante in and around those guys, because he has all the upside. Everybody's got a little bit of downside at this point in the draft. Otherwise, they'd be higher. But I think Javante's was the injury. And now if the injury's not there, well, then you're all upside because his floor is where he's being drafted if he's healthy. Like this is there's no downside if he's healthy. You know what I mean? There, there's only
2: oh, you, upside. You, you, you don't have to sell me on Javante Williams. Yep. I've been on him all off season. I'm like, again, when I do dynasty content, I'm into messaging, and all of the messaging all off season from the from the Broncos and and the camp said we're not worried. We think Javante will be ready. They didn't draft anybody. They didn't do any huge splurges in free agency. They did bring in Samaje Perine. You know, I'm sure he'll take. You know, and and here's the thing: no running backs getting all the snaps. Najee couldn't have been more featured last year. He got 65% of the snaps. You tell me that I get a a running back on a good offense, going to get me 65% of the touches and snaps. I'm in sold American. I'll just sign up right now. And, you know, there's a lot of reputations on the line. Sean Payton's reputations on the line. Russell Wilson's rep- reputations on the line. There's a lot of a lot of reasons for that offense to be good. And I'm going to cheat and go ahead and get ahead. Go for it. And, uh, and and I'll mention Cortland Sutton. He's right there at the seven eight turn. Jerry Judy's hurt. We're all excited for Marvin Mims. He's finally fully healthy. He's the last man standing. Yeah. And. and He may also give you a, uh, a, if you're not a contender, he may give you a selling window as well in Dynasty, you know, midway through the season, someone needs some wide receiver firepower. But, you know, and and then in that same round, kind of like the wide receivers we just talked about about in six and seven, this is a great spot for that, you know, upside wide receiver play, whether it's Cortland Sutton, because you like the volume. You mentioned Brandon Cooks um there's also the the moors elijah and sky yes as well as michael thomas you don't know what his role is going to be and that's a that's a lottery ticket you could potentially scratch in the eight so i think in these middle rounds six seven i'm looking to hit up those running back values yeah because i because more than likely potentially i went wide receiver or tight end early and and now i'm I'm, you know and then in the middle rounds i got me a couple of running backs now i might bounce back to wide receiver Looking at Elijah or Sky Moore, why they're attached to good quarterbacks, gang. If you're going to gamble on a wide receiver, gamble on one attached to a good passing quarterback and not one with a rookie or an upside play quarterback. So yeah. that's kind of how
1: I see it. Many of you who are listening, who who, who draft on underdog, I gotta I gotta make sure that you understand, and, and you're probably sharp enough to already know this, but it it goes it, it bears repeating um, that the the ADP. On underdog, I'm going to give you a difference. I'm not sure what Yahoo and ESPN are, but I bet you they're even worse than sleeper. But I'm going to give you the difference of ADP for sleeper versus underdog on a player that I will absolutely be smashing in drafts if he goes anywhere near this ADP. At pick 79 is Deontay Johnson in sleeper. Pick 79, he is currently pick 53. On on uh, underdog, so fifty three to seventy nine. That's two full rounds plus of difference. And so, so sometimes the market is is moving on underdog, and we see that, and we think, oh yeah, he's steamed up too high. Probably, at, look at, at maybe at fifty three. is probably not still not that bad. We're talking about Chris Godwin and his targets. You know who else is going to get targeted uh, in a in a better offense? A guy who scored eight touchdowns two years ago to zero last year. Everybody just remembers the zero as if. He's allergic to the end zone. He's not. He's going to get 140, 150 targets if he stays healthy. Deontay Johnson, somewhere at this point in the draft, is an auto pick.
2: I, and I believe it was Jordan Mac, McNamara I love, at McNamara Dynasty. Great guy, friend of both of ours, been on both of our shows many times. I believe it was his – you can find him at McNamara Dynasty, but he tweeted this out the other day. In the last three years, in terms of targets, Deontay Johnson was wide receiver six, wide receiver two, Wide receiver six. Now, how's a guy who has been top six in targets three years in a row? Help me understand why he's going so late in drafts. It
1: doesn't make any it,
2: sense. It, it, it's it's because George Pickens. I know everybody likes George Pickens. You know he's he's moving up boards. He's a catch and fall guy. Yep. I don't want a catch and fall guy. I want a guy. Again, we mentioned it with Mike Evans. How does he win? He's a big body clasher. He's going to have weak winning weeks, but he's also going to have real stinky duds. If I were if
1: I were betting on it, I would probably be willing to give up as many as 30 targets and still take Deontay Johnson to out target
2: hundred uh, percent. Cause like what, did, what do you have last year? hundred total yards of yak. Yeah. He's a catch and fall guy. He's gonna, I mean, yeah, and, it's going to be like and 140
1: or 150 to 110. 100. Cause like if you, if I told you that George Pickens got the same number of targets as like T Higgins on an annual basis, that's like one ten. you know, that, that'd be great. We'd all be excited about that, you know, goal line, red zone, all the rest of it. But he's not. I mean, if he sees touchdowns, of course. If he sees he way more, than that, touchdowns. I'd be shocked. But if if you told me that Deontay Johnson stays healthy and sees less than one thirty, I'd also be shocked. No way. So yeah.
2: De- 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 Deontay, Chris Godwin, another guy we're going to talk about here in the next couple of rounds. I'm I'm looking for two things. I'm looking for volume. And I'm looking for value and Deontay Johnson and Chris Godwin are going to give you a shitload of volume and where they're going, there's a shitload of value. That's how you win leagues because you maybe you maybe you went hero RB and you went with Saquon or CMC or Eckler or one of these guys. You know what? There's a world where another guy who gets a bunch of volume, Keenan Allen. Yes. I know he's 30 something, but you know what? He had like a bajillion targets the last couple of years. With, with did and, you and you love
1: Justin Herbert. Hey, did you see the poll that I put up at, at all? Did you see that?
2: Which remind me, I'll maybe tell
1: you, I'll tell you. So Dave Kluge put up a poll. Justin redraft this year. Who would you prefer, Keenan Allen or Calvin Ridley?
2: It's Keenan. It's Keenan Allen. And but hold on, who do you not, think won the poll? Oh, I'm I'm assuming it was Calvin Ridley because of the hype,
1: right? So, so I, I, check I think this it was, out before, I, I, before I, I, you answer, no, that, before you answer, I want to give you one more. So I true. saw that and it was Calvin Ridley. I was like, uh close to 6040. Maybe it was fifty eight, forty two, whatever. Close to close to sixty forty. I was like, huh. So then I I created my own poll and then I responded to him and you know, sort of shoved it in there so that people could see it and he could see it and everything. And I made my own poll and I said, if we knew that both of these players were healthy and played 17 total games. Who would you prefer this upcoming season in redraft? <laughs> Calvin Ridley or Keenan Allen? Who do you think won that one?
2: Well, I, it was Calvin Ridley, but it should have been Keenan Allen. I'm guessing it was Calvin Ridley, but it should have been Keenan Allen.
1: It was Keenan Allen in a landslide once you put oh, the well, – the, 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 if they're healthy. so what Well, the I internet's found,
2: smarter than I thought, so cool, yes. cool, cool. Okay, what, great. What,
1: what we found out with that those two polls was that everybody's afraid Keenan Allen's going to get hurt, which isn't that stupid. You know what I mean? It's not like – You know, you touch the stove, it's hot, touch the stove, it's hot. It's like, let me see here. But certainly we know that the upside of Keenan Allen on a week-to-week basis should be higher than that of Calvin Ridley if they're both healthy.
2: Uh, one hundred percent, and I, I'm pulling up some some Keenan Allen stats. You know, there is this misnomer that that he he did he missed six games last year. He actually yeah. missed more. He missed more games with a hamstring injury last year than Brian Robinson did with a gunshot wound. But that's a different <laughs> conversation for a different day. But 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 the 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 previous five years before that, he played. 16 16 16 14 16 so he he did miss a handful of games last year it's that fishbowl recency bias and you know early in his career you know he had a couple years where he had the acl and some back but it's a little bit of a misnomer but he is 31 not a spring chicken so um yeah if both guys stay healthy give me the high-powered you know um i'm drawing a blank on the new oc came over from dallas kellen moore give me the kellen moore offense over uh, what's going on in Jacksonville, because I think Christian Kirk's still a pain in the ass. I still think Evan Ingram's a pain in the ass. Zay Jones is a low key pain in the ass. He is. There's a, there's there's a lot better depth. You know, I think the breadth. I think the top end receivers in LA are better with Williams and Keenan Allen, but the depth of receiving talent, especially when you add in the tight ends and the running backs. I think it's deeper in Jacksonville, but it's it's top-heavy. When you get top-heavy, you get more targets. So yeah, your your poll is clearly spot-on.
1: Yeah, I think that was right. I think it was It's just interesting to see. I think we're on round eight. I'm not sure. I'm on round eight. I don't know if you are. Um, so if you're somewhere in that ballpark and that's what you've got, let me hear what you got.
2: Uh, yeah, I think I cheated, and this is where I was talking about the Moore brothers, Elijah. I don't, they're not actually oh, yeah, brothers, yeah, yeah. I don't think. Elijah and well, Sky Moore. Yeah, you know, uh, the, the, those are the kind of guys um, – I'm not sure how I feel about Khalil Herbert. Um, I do like
1: Khalil Herbert, but I've got one for you. I think Antonio Gibson. I like Antonio Gibson, okay, Okay. but but you can't let this part of the draft go by without pushing the button for Jordan Addison, in my opinion.
2: Again, we talked about 600 plus targets coming out of the hand of Kirk Cousins. I mean, again, they can't. I I know the, the listener will have a tough time believing this, it's true. Justin Jefferson can't get all 600. No. You know, he'll probably get 150, 200, but that still leaves plenty, plenty. for a guy like like Jordan Addison. And if you're a defensive coordinator, who are you at least going to, quote, unquote, try to take away? Yeah. And I forget the exact stat. Like, but Adam Thielen last year, who was old, at least as in relation to football age. Yes. And... and not a relationship. Like you and I. No, no, no. But he still had like 100 and some odd targets last yes. year. Yeah. And now we're going to give this to a young, spry wide receiver who won the, what was it the Blitnikoff Award yeah. two years ago in yes, Pitt? Now did. we're going to give him a bunch of targets?
1: Yep, I love it. Help
2: me it. understand, I, how, how, how is that a bad thing? I, th- I think he's a steal. So no, I, I'm totally It's one in. of those
1: things, too. Like, you're, you're drafting floor and ceiling at that point. Yes, there's a possibility he's just sort of a middling receiver who doesn't really kind of fire on the – on an elite level totally of course that's in the realm of possibilities but it's in the realm of possibilities of all the motherfuckers that you're drafting this late in your draft but what Jordan Addison does have in his potential range of outcomes is a top 18 wide receiver this year you know just playing opposite of him a Devonte Smith type of ascent on alongside another alpha a CeeDee Lamb you know type of season where he sees 110 120 targets and and has some touchdown upside and is just that kind of a player and especially could be coming all late. You know, if we remember even Justin Jefferson himself in Minnesota had two shit weeks and many of us dropped him and redraft, I'm guilty in one league and will kill myself forever. Cause he went on to have an, an, an amazing rookie campaign. We could see something like that from Jordan Addison, just draft stash, hold and be patient for at least four to five weeks let him come into his own and you might have a a league winner on your bench going forward.
2: Could not agree more. Now, one of my favorite players is in this next round, by the way. Okay. Go for it. So, so we're, we're now into the the ninth round. So that would I'm kind
1: of in sleeper a little bit. My list is from sleeper. So you can go wherever you're at. You're good. So uh,
2: I'm, 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 uh, I'm using underdog ADP, but he's literally the one Oh eight, which is the last pick in a 12 team league. It's my guy, Daniel Jones. Yeah. Again, it's another help me understand moment. Help me understand how last year's QB8 is currently going as a QB13. Right. And he, and he finished his QB8 while throwing only 15 passing touchdowns. And we added your guy, Darren Waller. Yeah. And Wondell Robinson's coming off the pup. And we added speed and Paris Campbell. We returned Darius Slayton. We brought back Saquon Barkley. You have all these different weapons, and, and, and again, none of them are going to be confused for Justin Jefferson or Devontae Adams, but we continue to invest in this offense. I love what I think year two, and they, people talk about how tough the schedule is. That may be tough for the Giants getting back to the playoffs. That doesn't mean it's bad for fantasy points, guys, because yeah. you have a tough schedule. you got to throw the ball to win. So I, I, I think last year was probably his floor. At least maybe his midpoint, but if I'd have told you, if you wanted to win a bar bet, and you know there's still time, you could be in a bar, you could bet a cocktail that, hey, I bet you Daniel Jones had within 100 rushing yards last year of Jalen Hurts. The average football consumer would look at you like you had a dick on your forehead, but in fact, it's true. Jalen Hurts had like 760 yards, and Daniel Jones had right at 700. Right. They were within 100 yards of each other, but people wouldn't believe that.
1: They wouldn't. I They wouldn't. Don't they would
2: you. not believe that that, yeah. that. that is the win a free drink at the bar bet of the century. Um, but yeah, Daniel Daniel Jones is my guy, and there's a lot of good quarterbacks here. But you got to be on Jones somewhat if you're on you're on Waller.
1: You know, my listeners are going to do that bet for sure, but they they're not that smart, so they think. They're getting one of those suction cup dildos and they're going to smash it to their head and think that's part of how they have to win the bet. And someone's going to literally look at them like they have a dick on their forehead and they're just getting the whole thing wrong is what I'm saying. You're just distracting
2: from the fact that you're right, though.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. They're going to they're going to fuck it up. Uh, If if anybody does this, please video it and uh, send it to us on, uh, on Twitter. That would be great. Make this bet with a suctioned dildo to your head doesn't matter what color the dildo is just for the record. I think we just Five found the
2: show cool. title, right? Daniel Jones <laughs> suction cup dildo.
1: <laughs> yeah, that might might be something to do with it. I'll ask you a question for Daniel Jones because uh, in a redraft, what I'm seeing is that I have them back to back and I don't know exactly how to determine who I would take, but would you take Daniel Jones over Anthony Richardson in a redraft?
2: I think I, I think I would if I, I really do. Um, yeah. I love I love Anthony Richardson. Um, I love what Shane Steichen did with Justin Herbert. I, I love what he did with with uh, you know Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Um, I've compared Anthony Richardson not so much to the Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields of the world, but I think he's really like this like smushed together version of prime Cam Newton, Big Ben Roethlisberger. You know, Josh Allen, I think he's like some kind of a melting pot of those guys. He's a yes. big, he's a big man. He's not going to use his legs always to like rut, to rack up a bunch of rushing yards. He's going to extend plays and the Colts have, you know, for whatever you think about the Colts, they have one of the faster teams in the NFL. Yep. You know, Michael Pittman, four, four forty. Uh four four nine to be technical. You got Alec Pierce at like a four four he's flat. Fast. You yeah. got you got Josh Downs at a four three and change. You have two tight ends that run in the high, you know, in, 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 at a high clip in Will Mallory, Kylan Granson, yeah. and um even uh, or J- Johnny fast. Woods jo- that was the, that, he's that's fast. yeah and it's Mo Alley. Yeah, you got a basketball team. Yeah, they're all tall. They're all big. So yeah. those guys can extend the plays down the field. Imagine if they had a were
1: running back like JT. Oh, if yeah, only. If,
2: If only, man, maybe Evan Hall can do the trick.
1: Oh boy. Zach Moss? Here we go, Zach. Fat Lenny. Bring him in. Um, But you're absolutely right. I mean, I think the hopes would be like if you just said, you know, uh, Daniel Jones, uh, like, first of all, it's not even reasonable. But if you gave me Jalen, uh, excuse me, uh, look, I almost said Jalen Hurts. Look, I mixed them up. I must have a dildo on my head. Um, But, um, you know, if you told me Daniel Jones line from last year is what you hope anthony richardson to have this year you'd be like yeah i'll take that especially the turnovers i mean he didn't turn the ball over he had the lowest interception rate in the league somehow for daniel jones so yeah i think there's some potential regression coming for daniel jones in that area but maybe not maybe this has been fixed maybe the way they play they've sort of you know, muted that. To some you know, degree, Josh so.
2: Allen in that day ball offense was kind of the same. His interceptions were way down in this day ball offense. It could be yeah. a. I don't want. I don't want to go into coach worship. I know, Matt Kelly would he he would fire both of us. Yeah. But I, I I do want to say that there is it's it's you know you're, the, the coaches. You? Yeah, you guys what? are getting paid. Well, I mean, you what? you can still get fired from like a pro bono job. <laughs> You know, it's not not hard. You know, I, like I talked I, I, about
1: that today about some we had to let go from the undroppables. And it was like we weren't even paid him when we fired him. That's how much of an asshole he was. Anyway, you guys can figure out who it was. No, yeah, you're
2: no, right? you're, you're you're good. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't want to go into the coach worship, but that's part of your supporting cast. As much as your wide receivers, your running backs, your offensive line, the guy calling the play is a part of the quarterbacks and the offensive supporting cast. And that, that's never, never not occurred to me.
1: Right. No, absolutely. I think I think we're right on the money. I, I also now like the, the the falling, and I'll catch this knife all day long. The falling Traylon Burks in round nine. I do really like, um, uh, um, you know, Khalil Herbert. By the way, you, you mentioned it. I think I just think Khalil Herbert's really good, and I think that I don't know if you're if you're uh, coaching a team and you have a good player, you usually play him. I know that that may not happen. I know that something else may happen, but the Dante Foreman bullshit has kind of seemed to make its way uh, you know, out. I think Roshan's a real deal, but I think it's going to be 1A1B. I think Roshan is not going to overtake Khalil Herbert. I don't think he's as explosive as Khalil Herbert. I think he's a really damn good football player, but as a fourth-round rookie, I don't I don't see him coming in there and stealing lunch money. Um, he, you know, I just don't um, I know Podfather really likes him. God bless him. I, I disagree on this backfield. I do think this is the Khalil Herbert show. The problem is, is even though I think that's the case, the targets aren't that that great. So there is not going to be that many r- running back targets to begin with, and Roshan figures to take some of those anyway. So the ceiling for Khalil isn't that outstanding. I just think the floor is really good on a weekly basis. I think he's going to get. A fair number of carries. They do plan to run the ball. They didn't pass it worth a shit last year. I don't think Justin Fields is fixed. I don't think the coaching staff is fixed. I don't think they're going to scheme it up in any better uh, situations for Justin Fields. So there's some downside to the Khalil Herbert. But I just think Khalil Herbert's going to win that job. Uh, For those reasons, I'm okay with him, especially if you've gone zero running back and you're looking for just some security and floor. But if you've maybe been able to grab a couple of the guys that we've already liked, whether it's a Javante already, whether it's a Damian Pierce, whether it's one of the top guys that we liked, you know, in that first six, whether it was a Ramondre or a Najee, right? If you've got one, excuse me, two or more backs and you can fade a little bit further because there's going to be some running backs that you and I both like after this round, then I think Traylon Burks, Jordan Addison in this spot makes a lot of sense because you have two meal ticket potentials later in this draft.
2: You you nailed it. Now, what what round are we on again?
1: I'm in round 10 now, going to round 11.
2: All right, let's go to round 11. Um, this is a good place. Like I don't draft my running back handcuff. I draft your running back handcuff. Yeah. And I'm in on Tank Bigsby. Yeah. I, I like Tank Bigsby quite a bit. Uh, again, messaging. It's not My, my opinion is not the one that matters. I have to take the opinion of the coaching staff and the GM and then build dynasty and redraft thoughts around it. I know everybody likes Travis Etienne. Talented kid, but what'd they do? They brought in De'Ernest Johnston in the early parts of free agency. They already have Jamichael Hasty there, and then they went out and drafted another running back in Tank Bigsby. You don't add a running back in free agency, and you don't add a running back in the draft if you're comfortable with the running back that's the starter. So could it be a Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb type thing? If, if we're lucky, but he's the kind of guy, if anything happens to Travis Etienne, Oh, yeah. Tank Bigsby is going to set the redraft. No, in Dynasty he's already rostered. It is what yep. it is. But but if you have him, this is yep. the lottery ticket. I'm scratching late. Um, and, and another one of my favorite guys is next. But where are you at on on Bigsby and who's your guy here in this? I've Come this spot? all the way
1: back around on Tank Bigsby. I think Tank Bigsby might have been you know someone that I was. It's funny because like if I, I don't know, man. I go I go so far back that when you know Tank Bigsby. Dijon, Gibbs, Sean Tucker were all freshmen. It was like, dude, this running back class is going to be so fucking good, 2023. Let's lock it up. And Bigsby was one of those guys. And then he underwhelmed a little bit for me anyway, along the process. And then and and then he only ran fast at his pro day. I thought that was maybe a little bit of bullshit, but now I'm starting to come back around him. So I really do think he has some, you know, alpha dog running back upside in his in his pedigree. So for sure. I think Tank is a good bet there. I think one of the other guys that goes right in and around where he goes and is basically you could just have said all the same shit except you know change the players' names is Zach Charbonnet. You know, he, same guy, same situation. If they really like Ken Walker, would they've really spent a second round pick? You know, the whole your whole spiel just could have been fucking rinse Well, There's work. the other
2: kid too. They drafted it. What it wasn't just Zach Charbonnet. I'm drawing yeah. a blank on the other rookie who he hurt uh, the, his knee.
1: The kid from uh, Georgia. The, y- yeah. yeah. Let's forget his name. I, I uh, what he doesn't name?
2: matter, but they brought him in too. That's yeah. the point. But the larger <laughs> what's point is his dumb is, name.
1: Is, Hold on, what's his dumb name? I'll, I'll look. Mac uh, uh, Macintosh, Kenny Macintosh.
2: Boom, like the apple. Oh, that's how I remember it. Yeah. Washington has great apples. His last so, name's Macintosh. They, Macintosh is a good apple. Kenny fucking Macintosh. There Kenny it is. Kenny
1: Fucking Macintosh. So anyway, you're right. I mean, those are the guys. Uh, <laughs> Kenny Macintosh. Um, in that spot i think they have real upside especially given an injury but they have flex appeal the anti kenny mcintosh a guy who's healthy can play is available late by the way you're going to need to reach quote unquote for him in your redraft leagues because his adp is broken on all of the formats including even sleeper so sleeper he's broken uh yahoo he's broken espn he's broken jalen warren i know that you love naji harris but you, you can love Najee Harris and love Jalen Warren. It is going to be a better offense. He is going to be, you know, a 60-40 split. He's going to get all the second team stuff. He's going to get pass down work. And if something were to happen to Najee, Jalen Warren has literally RB1 upside uh, to, to finish the year. So Jalen Warren, Zach Charbonnet, Tank Bigsby, these guys are all zero RB. Or even if you built a a roster with two or three running backs up top, you still need to be hammering these running backs late in your redraft league because who the hell wants Zay Jones? I mean, Zay Jones is probably going to see a ton of targets, but he doesn't win your league the way that uh, Jalen Warren could if Najee gets hurt.
2: You know, he's more of an injury risk than even the guy that he backs up, but I'll go ahead because he's the 130th pick per underdog, Elijah Mitchell. Not only will he have some standalone value, but Christian, I mean, it's like, it's like, again, we live in a fishbowl and we only remember 2023. Do we forget 22 and 2021 where Christian McCaffrey was hurt a bunch? And did we forget that every lead running back in this Shanahan offense has been hurt at some point in a season? It's like going back to when they first got there in Tevin Coleman. There's a blast from the past. Everybody gets hurt. So having a piece of these high-profile, high-powered offenses, again, I love Najee. He's my guy in 2023. But if you miss out on him, there's nothing wrong with getting someone else's handcuff, not your handcuff. That's bad business. This is good business. I agree with all those guys. Are we ready for round 11? Because this might be my favorite guy of them all. Because oh, i got a killer, I got a killer stat for you as well. You can win a second bar bet with this one. Are you ready?
1: Yeah, I will say this, too, just real quick on, on sure. Elijah Mitchell. He has standalone value, especially on weeks where they play like Arizona. Let me just tell you, they're not going to roll out Christian McCaffrey and you let him run it. the ball 20 times against Thank Arizona. You. They're going to kick the shit out of Arizona. McCaffrey's going to play a, a few series, and they're going to be like, look, Jordan Mason, Elijah Mitchell, just continue to kick the shit out of this team. They they have two, three touchdowns on the ground upside during those weeks. They are literally flex plays easily during Arizona week.
2: A great target. Like Again, you're not huge on Alvin Kamara. Maybe you've already drafted and you got stuck with Jonathan Taylor, who -hmm. could miss the first four games. Alvin Kamara is going to miss the first three games. This is the kind of guy, these are the kind of guys that you want to get because they have a little standalone value. You might be desperate, but you're you're just trying to band-aid it for a two or three-week window to where you get a JT back or you get a Kamara back. These are all the guys. These yes. are the guys that 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 you're looking to have a little standalone value, but they're league winners if yes. something happens to the guy in front of them. That's why we're drafting them. You know, I'm not telling you to draft the backup on the on the Dolphins, or even the—I the, mean, maybe Tyler Algier, maybe or the backup on Carolina, like Chuba. We know who they all are. We're we're the true degenerates. We're dynasty players, yeah. so we know all the backups, and we could spin a yarn on why any of them were good. Yeah. But if I'm in, in redraft, and I I got a lock on to like a backup role, give me a backup role and a good offense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Who's the who's the one you want to get to? Because I'm I'm dying to hear it.
2: Another bar bet for you.
1: You can take the dildo. Uh, off t- your
2: head t- 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 this one play. does not. Re- this one does not require a dildo because you know it's it's always easy to shoot fish in the barrel. It's even easier when the fish jump in the barrel. Okay. If you if you could tell someone that last year Tyler Higby had more targets and more targets per game than George Kittle, Woo! you're going to win that beer. And did we just hear the note come out from Matt Stafford's wife about how he's having a tough time? You know, gelling with the young guys. Hello. 30-year-old tight end, Tyler Higby, a guy who had 108 targets last year. Yes. And and now it's him and Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup might get 200 targets. Cool, because Tyler Higby could get 120. And at the tight end position, for a guy that you're getting, at least according to to ADP of underdog, 134, tight end 13, you're stealing. He finished as tight end 6 last year. I think that's kind of the window where he'll finish this year. And again, tight end six is a little bit of a, of a misnomer because the tight end position is fucking terrible, right? But 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 he's still going to give you as much bang for your buck as the guys that you'd be taking, you know, before him. So for me, I love Tyler Higby so much. Volume, a bad team, a bad defense, playing from behind, check down garbage time points still count. Last time I checked, give me cheap Tyler Higby as if I miss the big dogs. He's the, the lottery ticket I want at, at the back end of tight end.
1: I love this. We'll, we'll just talk tight end through the rest of it. Not the rest of the draft, but just the rest of tight end here real quick, because I think I would agree with you. I think that there is some value in having the cheat code at Kelsey uh, in the first round. I don't love reaching for him or anything, but I think at some point in that first round, Kelsey is absolutely worth it. Obviously, in a tight end premium, just fucking smash Kelsey as soon as possible if it's a 2X tight end premium or something like that, you know. But um, even regardless, I mean, if Kelsey slides to you a little bit, take him. Andrews, we talked about Waller. Other than that, Kittle scares me for for reasons we've talked about. I think he's the best all-around tight end in the game, so it isn't his talent. There are other reasons. Obviously, Pitts scares me. Goddard it's fine. Hawkinson, I'm out at 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 ADP. So even these middle tight ends, I'm not drafting them. I'm I'm, I'd rather be taking all the other awesome players we were talking about all throughout this, uh, you know, this podcast. But then when you get late, you have Tyler Higby. You have another guy that I think we both like a lot, and that's Sam Laporta. I think he, you know, look, look, you know, shout out to Andrew Cooper. He talks about yin yang. These are two yin yang tight ends. If you wanted one, Higby to start, Laporta late. You know, I mean, you have the upside play in Laporta, the floor play in Higby. If you do have the room on a on a on a roster to take two, if you don't, maybe just fucking draft Laporta. There's gonna be tight ends gonna shake itself out at the back. Just use a waiver bid for the the tight end that shows himself. I I actually think Laporta. Look, we have nothing, no data to go on, but I actually think he could be. Fairly heavily targeted in this offense. Are you with me, or you think I'm a little too uh, over my skis here? I'm
2: I, I, another offense. They're going to throw the ball a lot, and and that's what they want to do. This is a modern NFL offense, and again, if you're looking five, I think if I remember correctly, Jared Goff had like 600 attempts last year, right there in that yeah. neighborhood. For a lot. Th- that, that's what I'm looking for. Indoor targets. Yeah plays um, the NFC's, uh They have the eight home games this year, so they have nine of their 17 games guaranteed to be in a dome. Yep. You know, because they play once at Minnesota. I don't know the rest of their schedule. So, you know, that that's always helpful. Fast yep. track. I mean, it's, it's, it's little things, but you're either – I'm just – the middle of tight end is the death trap. Death trap. Uh, uh, yep. of, again, I love Higby. Uh, Laporte is a guy that, you know, if he gets – Eighty to hundred targets this year, and I can go deeper at tight end. I mean, we we it. may or, we may or may not see this guy's name. So we're let's see we're at eleven. So I, I got to do the math on the picks to make sure I'm, I'm keeping it right. So we're between. No, Let's just talk third. about
1: tight ends all the way down. Oh, like, oh it, sure. Yeah. I mean, a, yeah, yeah. another guy, guy that I love. Like him. Yeah, go for
2: it. K. Otten. and I don't think he's even being drafted. Yeah. Again, same thing. Baker Look, Mayfield. That's a free one.
1: It's a, a it's
2: a it's it's a free one. And if you play in two tight end premium leagues right now, like some of my dynasty leagues are, I know at least two of our patron leagues are. That's the guy that you want to go get before it, be- it becomes obvious. Yeah, is Tampa Bay going to be bad? Yes. Are they going to be playing from behind? Also, yes. Is Baker Mayfield one of the quarterbacks that helped facilitate 108 targets last year to Tyler uh, Higby? Also, yes. So, and by the way, if you add it up, if you add up the, the the tight ends between Cameron Bray and Kate Otten last year, they had 100 targets in this offense. Yeah. I'm not saying he's going to get all 100, no, but I'm no. saying here's a guy in the late rounds that could be getting between 80 and 110 targets yeah. in a team that's bad defense chasing from behind. Holy cow! It doesn't take much to, to to that's a scratch off lottery ticket. That's more of a dynasty deep dive. You'll be able to get him off waivers later later in the season. Just keep that one as a mental note for later. I just wanted to throw that one out there as like yeah, a cheap no brainer.
1: It, like Sam Laporta, Dalton Kincaid, Tyler Higby. I like Jawan Johnson. Yep. You no, know, um, but Jimmy we'll
2: Graham's hold... back there now, kind of messing everything up. Is he though? Yeah, I mean, but but he is enough that it's going to piss you off.
1: Maybe you're right. So I mean, it's, it's, like, certainly it's, it's is stupid for sure. But what about our boy, Luke Musgrave?
2: I We talked it's about impossible. him. So, so so it was way back in the summer. We did that roundtable draft with yeah. Matt and Alan and
1: Cody. And you sniped the, me, and I didn't even think I, I, it was going to happen. I was like, well, fuck, I thought for sure I was going to get him. And you and I both love him.
2: You know, I do want to talk about him, but I don't want to talk about him because I traded him. in a a tight end premium league. And I'm I'm starting to have like seller's regret because this guy is like a a five sport athlete, which I didn't realize until we did that draft. Great draft capital. And the comment, whether you love Jordan Love or not, doesn't really matter but I heard the head coach Matt LaFleur said the other day we can finally run our offense which I think was a little bit of a dig at at Aaron Rodgers but also he means that he can run more of those nakeds and those boots and those waggles and those and those those plays that you see a lot with a Jimmy Garoppolo and a Brock Purdy and if that's true if they end up using Luke Musgrave in the fashion that Shanahan has used a George Kittle not only am I going to be sad that I traded him in a tight end premium league as a rookie in a dynasty league, I'm going to be sick to my stomach. Because this yeah. kid's the th- th- this kid is a Kittle Kelsey level athlete playing in an offense that has historically there's no guarantee. What, what's the old saying? You know, past results do not, you know, guarantee future gains. Right. But if what we've seen in this base offense before ends up being used in the future. I think I, I could be really sad, and that could be as soon as this year, because this is a super young offense. I know uh, Allen loves loves Watson. Me and the Podfather love Jaden Reed. But yes. if you're going to tell me that a year from now, that oh by the way, Luke Musgrave as athletic as he is in this offense, established himself as the second option, zero su- yeah. percent, you know, surprise, he's a stud.
1: I have been on record as being the uh, Jordan Love. You know, critic. But I will say, I've also said, and, and I'm starting to say one other thing. Even if you think that Jordan Love isn't the guy that's going to resurrect the franchise, it doesn't mean that he's not going to. They're not going to win like five to eight games, and he's going to have a few three hundred yard passing games with two or three touchdowns. Like, it doesn't mean that he's just incapable of fucking moving. Why America can't he be goals. Daniel
2: Jones? He, he could saying. easily like, be in, like a, a Daniel Jones, an Alex Smith type guy,
1: Sam Darnold, or Jameis Winston or something. I mean,
2: and everywhere in between.
1: You know what I mean? There are bad quarterbacks that I don't think are like world beaters that were prolific even is my point. My, like Jameis was a problem, but he was unbelievable for fantasy. For fantasy
2: football, I think he was like the, yeah. like the like the like the the year that Tampa Bay let him walk in free agency, I think he was like QB6 or something.
1: Yeah, don't get it twisted. I think that they are 30-30 still- club. Oh, I wanted him to go 40-40. But yeah, he <laughs> he it was 30-30-10 too, because he had the 10 pick sixes. No, it wasn't that much. But it's like I used to love it when he would start a game, first fucking throw, pick six, boom. And he would look over and I'm like, I just did that for you, motherfuckers. This was a degree of difficulty throw. I gave that one to you. And he'd come back out and he knew he had him. You know, I love Jameis. So cocky, he'd throw a pick six on the first play on purpose. Absolutely love it. Uh, but I, I do think Jordan Love possesses enough prolific traits to actually throw the ball downfield. I think he's going to make some mistakes because I think that's who he is, but I don't think that he's going to be like incapable of delivering the ball in some situations to, to, to open receivers. I think he's look, I hope he's great. I I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on this one. I'm ready to be wrong. I say it all the time, but I don't think that he's an impediment. I'd, I'd rather him being the quarterback to my weapons than Baker Mayfield. I mean, you know, because Baker has no ability to push the ball down the field. He's a game manager who makes mistakes. He's way worse. So it's like, I'm not saying he's that, you know,
2: just give me the guy who's, you know, attached to decent weapons. Again, these are young guys. There's, there's alphas in the making Yep. and and, and an offense that, you know, by the way, we're way past it. I went up and looked. Um, He was an eighth round guy. Like, but I like AJ Dillon. How do you protect a young quarterback? You run the ball a lot. And not to say that he's going to completely, but I think AJ Dillon provides a nice post hype sleeper that disappointed last year because he was drafted so highly. That could be again. I'm not. Now we're just kind of bouncing all over the place, but I think this is where the conversation no, gets fun, where the conversation gets fun.
1: Me too. And, we're there. We're we're done. Yeah, we're good. Let's yeah, we're, go where it goes.
2: Yeah, man, you're good. Yeah, let's go
1: where it goes. I agree with A.J. Dillon. I mean, the other thing that I was going to say late, I want to do one other thing. I had a bunch of guys late. You can start to hear me out. But look, Kenny Pickett is the guy who's late now too because he's got a little sneaky rushing upside. I know Podfather's been saying it as well, but I actually have agreed with this one. I think Kenny Pickett had some really weird touchdown, um, you know, he, he's going to see touchdown regression, just can't not see it. But um, I, So I think Kenny Pickett's a good late round pick especially if you did go with someone like maybe like a you know an a rich and you're like i just need something there if it's one of those things where you took that upside swing and you need some security late i love kenny pickett sam Howell those types of players
2: you and I are um, obviously we, – we, we see things differently, but we also see things very similar. I did a guest spot on our Dynasty Warzone network last night with our redraft guys, the fantasy football fellas. Yeah. And, and I, that is the exact combination when they asked me about Anthony Richardson. I was like, dude, if I get like an Anthony Richardson or a Lamar Jackson or a Justin Fields or even a Jalen Hurts, like a guy who rushes a lot, I'm going to go get Kenny Pickett as like my QB2 yeah. because – not that I'm worried about any of those guys firing from a fantasy standpoint. I'm worried about injury. Yeah. And if you want to insulate yourself. Now, if you have like a Justin Herbert, a Patrick Mahomes, a, a, even a Josh Allen, I don't think you necessarily need to have like a backup quarterback and you should right. really invest that extra roster spot and like an extra running back or an okay. upside rookie running back. Like we didn't even talk about Tajay Spears yet, but we should talk yes. about some Tajay Spears. Yes. It's like that, that's where you're able to go. But if you're going to commit to chasing the upside of the Konami QB, you've got to commit to having a stable QB too. Because what you don't want to do is have this kick-ass roster that's just smashing your league. And then all of a sudden you have your QB get hurt and there's nothing on the waiver wire. Yeah. Because you you didn't insulate yourself. So, dude, we are cut from the same cloth as it relates to the A-rich Kenny Pickett stack. Because I said it literally 24 and, and maybe hours. Maybe it's ago.
1: a deeper league, something, you know, maybe a 14-team league where, you know, look, you just had to Punt quarterback type of thing. There's some some situations I, I like Kenny Pickett at value. You know I think the back, <clears throat> excuse me, the backstop quarterback for me is Geno Smith. I think the the and I would love to stack him with DK and Lockett and even JSN, especially if JSN continues to be a value because he's hurt. I w- I would have said JSN and Addison together. The other guys that I like late look. I'm I'm trying not to leave a single redraft league or really I didn't try and leave any uh, rookie drafts either without Marvin Mims. I think Marvin Mims now is one of these guys that, you know, as a as a as a rookie pick, we were saying, oh, we gotta wait till twenty twenty four, potentially, because there's so much in front of him. And oh how times have changed. We just picked the talent Jaden Reed, Marvin Mims. I picked him in every single damn rookie draft and Luke Musgrave, and here we are. And and finally, finally, Dino Game Theory gets it right, but I think Marvin Mims has an opportunity to really show out this year now. And again, late where he goes, his ADP is broken on these sites. So you do have to reach for him. You can't think, oh, he'll be there. He won't. As soon as he pops up into the window for your league mates, someone's going to pick him. So you have to pick him well before, a round or two before he pops into the window. Whatever that is, however the fuck the thing works, you can't let him pop in the window because someone will snap him.
2: Yep, and, and to me, like I said, guys, this is the big takeaway for your dynasty leagues next year. Messaging matters. Yep. Who was the first pick Sean Payton ever made as, a, as the head coach of the Denver Broncos? Trade it up. was Marvin Mims, and he traded up for Marvin Mims. It wasn't a tackle. It wasn't the first skill position guy ever. It wasn't the first, the first offensive player. It was the first player ever in the history of the Sean Payton Broncos administration. And now he could they be a
1: wide receiver one. It's possible.
2: And, 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 well, I, I, I truly believe that... He could. This is a bold prediction, but he could because of the injury to JSN. So this is not like a one-to-one comparison. He could score more fantasy points as a rookie than JSN just because right. of of the role. He could be in that Tyler Lockett role for Russell Wilson, and Cortland Sutton could be in that DK Metcalf role because Jerry Judy's not there. Yeah, you know, and and and. We'll see what happens when he gets there. I, I've never been a huge Jerry Judy guy to begin with, right, dude? I, I've been all over Marvin. Marvin Mims. I'm. You and I are in the same boat with Marvin Mims. Yeah. I, like he is my third most owned rookie out of like 20 rookie, 20 plus rookie drafts this year. Love Marvin Mims. Love the messaging. Love the athlete. And here's the best part about Marvin Mims. And I'll leave Marvin Mims on this. Yeah, he had a career high last year without Caleb Williams and without Lincoln um, Riley. Right. He did He did it with a completely new quarterback and a completely new head coach. And the guys that went to USC weren't the ones that facilitated his career year in college. Love Marvin Mims. He's an adapter. He's a dog. Go get him.
1: You mentioned Sky Moore. I don't have a problem with Sky Moore. But if your league is deep enough, your redraft league is deep enough, I also cannot tell you to not draft Justin Ross. You have to draft Justin Ross because – there is very likely going to be some muted production from the wide receiver position sort of you know here today gone tomorrow this guy then that guy on the Kansas City Chiefs but if there is an alpha there his name is Justin Ross
2: i, I don't mind again when i'm pulling lottery tickets right you're pulling lottery tickets attached to good offenses and good quarterbacks uh, yeah. i have one i have one last one this is going to be the exact oh. opposite of that but it's a, it's it's a choose your own adventure novel, and these this is my last two guys really in this range. Um, pick your own poison. Do you want John Mechie, or do you want Nathaniel Tank Dell? One of because you know Miko yes. Collins couldn't play dead in a western movie, but I I, I, I do believe, and, and I do I do think Dalton Schultz will have a little bit of value because rookie tie, rookie quarterbacks love the tight end position. Yeah. Yep. But it's either going to be John Mechie, or it's going to be Tank Dell. Grab you one of those two guys because again, bad team chasing offense, and I, I just like how I believe again. Look in your mind's eye, and I because this is again, this is a byproduct of the Shanahan offense. And who plays the IU role? I think that's more Mechy. and who plays the Debo role? I think that's more Dell. And I think there's value with both. That's the kind of lottery ticket I'm 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 looking for. Those are kind of my uh, bottom of the barrel type fellas.
1: I love I love Tank Dell I, I, you know, for me it was when I turned on the 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 tape and watched Tune to Dell. It was like, holy smokes, these guys are actually pretty good. I wasn't sure exactly what I was seeing with Tank Dell. I the, I saw a lot of production and that led me to actually watch his film. I'm not a film guy, but I can watch TV. I'm able I'm able to put on a TV and watch what happens. And when I did that, when I put on a television, put Tank Dell on it and then watched him perform in in college. It was like a fucking. It was like a arcade game. Dude was just ripping people everywhere, just wide open everywhere, and then scoring touchdowns and spiking the ball, which looked bigger than him. It was fucking unbelievable to watch. And I said, "Well, this is a level of competition thing. This is be careful here, but this is exciting." Uh, he's five foot five, one hundred and two pounds. Uh, you know, it's like, what the hell, man? Is this even possible? Goes to the Senior Bowl, and no one wants to. Play opposite opposite of him. They're all like, "Fuck that! You take him. I don't want to even cover him." Like he was that that good at separating, and now we're hearing it again. So unless all of a sudden this guy ain't any good, I keep saying, and it, I feel like he's worked his way onto every one of these damn podcasts. Tank Dell might, in fact, be good.
2: All right, let, let me. I, I lied. I have one more hot take for you. Right? Okay. okay. A guy who's going to finish as a borderline QB one who is literally left for fucking dead is Ryan Tannehill with the Tennessee Titans. What's he got the best wide receiving weapons he's had since he's been in Tennessee, up and coming tight end, Chigakonkwo young guy. You know, I, I'm not a Traylon Burks fan, but he's already back on the field. He's already back on the field and like week ones here. He may miss week one or two, but that's okay. He looks like he's ahead of schedule. That's a big thumbs up. Deandre Hopkins, Tajay Spears and Derek Henry. It's not going to be confused for the Miami Dolphins offense and, and skill position guys, but it's a lot of solid professionals. And this is a guy that if he stays healthy, he's going to give you that that back in QB1 that's literally going as a QB3 at QB27. If, if, if you're a contender in, in a dynasty league and maybe you're worried about my earlier comment about Kyler Murray, go get yourself some free Ryan Tannehill because he will be able – where he plays next year, I have no fucking idea, but for yeah. at least for 2023. Who
1: knows? Yeah. yeah,
2: he could retire, got a beautiful wife and a shitload of money. Yeah. But, but, but you know what? He could be the band aid that gets you through a season that's that extra little insulation, that extra little safety blanket in the Superflex you know, leagues that we all love. Ryan Tannehill has got untapped upside for 2023.
1: Holy shit. I got to tell you then, we're going to end on this topic. Are you ready?
2: Go, my man. Go.
1: Here we go. So today, literally today, I'm in, a, I'm in a dynasty league. Today, this happened. I've been working a trade. I, this is my, I'm, I'm a good team. I'm a contender for sure. My quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, <clears throat> Geno Smith, Aaron Rodgers. Not bad. Not bad. That's about it. Because unfortunately, in this one dumbass fucking stupid ass league, I took Zach Wilson at like the 110 or 111. He was sitting there. I took him. Mac Jones had gone, they were all gone I took him, I had to I took Javante and him at like 10 and 11 <clears throat> Anyway So I have Mac, uh, Zach Wilson I also took, I like the 104 or something I took Trey Lance So unfortunately I had Trey Lance Zach Wilson uh, In my quarterback room along with Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, and Geno Smith Well I get offered A first for uh, Rodgers and Lance I want to make the trade but I'm a contender. I don't have a quarterback three. So the trade I ended up making was as follows. Sit down, hang on, put a dildo on your head, whatever you need to do to calm yourself. Okay. <laughs> I, I took Aaron Rodgers, Zach Wilson, and Trey Lance, traded them all away for a twenty-four first, a twenty-four second, a twenty-five third, and Sean Tucker.
2: I I I how could you not be thrilled with that? Really? I like, I like, I like Aaron Rodgers, but and I hate this, and I know you do too. From like the dynasty standpoint, it just chaps my ass worse than high wind when people are always like go chase future first. But guys, they
1: might have been a 25 not, first, whatever.
2: first, but, 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 but this is but this but this, but this is the year. Yeah. This is the year. Like, if you're 25. ever looking to get, get, get a 24, 24 first, first. You, you you got Caleb Williams, you got Quinn Ewers, you got Drake May, you got Marvin Harrison Jr., you got the the tight end out of Georgia, and I'm not even uh, the other wide receiver out of Ohio State. He has like the two E's in his name. I I I, <laughs> I mean, I know who he is. I just can't pronounce it, so I'm not even going to pretend to try. And we've not even talked running backs. So if you can move some of these, and then you can go back later, and you can take like the, just the second and try to add a Ryan Tannehill for a little insurance? No, wait. Oh, But more. wait, it's the, you're the Billy Mays. Forget, forget Drake May. We're going to talk <laughs> Billy Mays, but wait, there's wait, more.
1: There's more? Hold on. P- put that dildo back on your forehead. I don't know where the hell you were going. This story continues. 17 minutes later, I was able to craft this doozy. I gave up Ryan Tannehill. Excuse me. I gave up Isaiah Hodgins a 25 third, a 24 third and a 26 fourth for Ryan Tannehill and a fourth and a fifth
2: Uh, in the police world. And I'm not a cop, but that's a two eleven. That's a robbery in progress.
1: But do you know why it's not a robbery? I'll tell you why. Do you want to know why? Sure. I'll tell you why. And this is why I wanted to trade for Ryan Tannehill because in a league where I'm a, Fucking rebuilder! I don't want Ryan Tannehill. I literally am trying to get rid of him. I am offering him to all the league members, all the competitive teams. I am saying, I, I like loud and proud. I don't want him. He's helping me score points on the max PF. I don't want him. I want a better pick. Come get Ryan Tannehill. I, he's available. You know what? I've gotten nothing.
2: No, no, nothing. Pe- people. Here's, nothing. A, here's the thing. Here, here's that's a little... the problem.
1: So in my that other league where I just stole him. Nobody fucking wants him either. So well, the guy who's holding them that's the best goddamn thing he got. And I stole him because everybody's asleep at the wheel. And I agree with you on your Tannehill. Well,
2: well, 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 here's why, you know, here's why you listen to Jax and myself. I don't want to win Twitter polls. I want to win fantasy championships. Ryan Tannehill does not look cool when you post your picture on Twitter or X or whatever the fuck. It just looks boring. Yes, uh, but you know, there's an idiot, and I, I don't know a nicer way to say it. There's an idiot out there who would rather have Trey fucking Lance than Ryan Tannehill, and that's the guy who wants to have a sleek, sexy dildo as opposed to a winning dynasty roster, and that's, that's right. why they lose. You're in the right spot, man. Um, we're, we're right in there.
1: What do you think of that? That is the way to win. Thank you so much, Mister Memphis Young. We could do this all day long. I, I love it. Thank you so much. Just tell everybody where your awesome work is because you're doing so much cool shit now both for yourself at Dynasty Warzone, but also doing some really. you have a really cool show. Tell all the people about it that's uh, on Player Profiler.
2: Well, I, I first of all, I appreciate you having me. And um, this two-hours-ish podcast, we, that does not include the before we hit the record button shit, but uh, th- th- this has flown by. And it's been a tremendous amount of fun, a lot of good laughs. But, but I, I think at the end of the day – we entertained you, but we educated you, and, and hopefully helped you win some money. Um, that's the point. Uh, I always say we're a we're a two podcast, we're a two channel show. If you're a YouTube subscriber, Dynasty Warzone and Player Profiler YouTube. We stream live, we simulcast to their YouTube. We also have our own YouTube. Uh, I do a ton a ton of bonus stuff. Again, it, it's kind of crafted to where you need to go and subscribe everywhere because we're doing videos on demand for Player Profiler and I'm doing bonus content on my channel. And you never know what you're going to get. But if there's something that you, like I I may say on a podcast, oh, hey, we talked about this the other day. You're like, well, I didn't hear it. It's probably because you're not subscribed everywhere. Two podcast channels, two YouTube channels. And here's the thing, and, and maybe Jax will say it too. It's the freest way. Yeah, we have a Patreon. Yeah, we have, you know, uh sponsors. It's it's totally cool. But the freest way to help guys like Jax, like me, like Player Profiler, free ninety nine, cost you nothing to subscribe and leave a review. Yeah. That that is one if you want to do anything, uh, to thank us, leave me a review, subscribe to my YouTube channel, subscribe to my podcast. That means the world to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got. It's true. I, you know, I get on here and I never I, I've told the listeners before. I never ask you guys for shit. I don't I don't I don't really. I mean, but yes, if you're going to do something, just go say it's awesome and hit a like, you know, subscribe. Just just keep the numbers going. But honestly, the, the people who listen, I just thank you for listening. Like I said, I've, I've been very humbled by where this has gone. And I don't like getting all mushy about that shit. But I do thank all the listeners. And and I do really, really like Mr. Randall Memphis Young. I have been uh, privileged to get to know him better. He's a great person. And so for those reasons, he's also a really smart Dynasty guy. But for those reasons, I would go follow him. Make sure you're following him on Twitter. Make sure you are subscribed to the Dynasty Warzone. And be sure to check out his shows on the Player Profiler Network and on YouTube because he's that good. I really mean – you can see he's fun as shit too. You know, Any guy who can talk about having a dildo on his head for about 45 straight minutes – is a guy you want to listen to for fantasy football takes for sure.
2: Well, I appreciate that. I hope what the listener doesn't take away is like, you know, uh, hopefully it was like the catchy stuff about, you know, this guy's points per game. (laughs) Dildo on the head's the fun part.
1: They do remember the 2.36 yards per run.
2: We love love you guys. Thank you so much for uh, supporting the shows because it's it's listeners like you, loyal people like you that keep guys like me and Jax behind the mic because you guys make it worth doing.
1: Absolutely. And with that – On behalf of everybody here at The Undroppables, on behalf of everybody here at The Undrafted, on behalf of the single greatest podcast producer to ever walk the earth, Mr. Michael P. Duncan, you have been joined by the sly Memphis Young. I am Jax Falcone, and we are
0: out